Good morning. Wonderful and such a delight to be here with you today. Um, Today we're looking at restoring well-being through these skillful practices of contemplation and meditation and, uh, of course, Qigong, somatic integration. So I want, I've got a lot to say about that. I want to make some introductions as well. But I'd like to start right off this morning with a little bit of practice uh, with you. And um, that's, I think that's a good way to start. So since we're all seated, you notice how the, how the sitting is both in the, on the cushion and in the chairs. There's plenty of space. One of the reasons for this is some of the practices that we do are seated qigong, and this has been part of lineage practice in the in contemplative traditions, like Zen, Shaolin, uh, other forms of Taoist practice as well. Um, anything that is working towards the internal reflection to awaken to. Uh, to have realization of uh, what's happening here. What is happening here? What it is ain't exactly clear. (laughs) (laughs) The, uh, only some of you know that song, so. (laughs) The, um, the practices that we, we will do are essentially very simple in their nature, and, uh, and yet they're profoundly powerful in their, in their uh, ability to help you to organize your body and your heart, your spirit, your mind. Um, so in that respect, as I'm seeing the room, I also want you to feel free to fractal the room. And if you feel like you are facing in or turning your body too much, turn your chair. Turn your chair in a way that allows you to see um, uh, and that makes it, maybe makes it easier. Okay. Good. And yes, the light will change for those of you in the middle. Um, And if during the period of time, if that's too much, just, you know, you can move to the side temporarily. All right. So the, the basic, basic guidelines, which I'll speak about a little bit more in depth as we move into the day, are kind of honoring or working with essential principles. And what I like to say in terms of these kinds of practices is the forms that we do, the ways that we practice these various relatively simple gestures... Um, are the gateway to the practice of the principle. And it is the integration of understanding why we are doing what we're doing, connected with the skill of doing that, that, bring about, that brings about the greatest benefit. Right? So the forms that we do, very simple in that sense, but profound. So we, uh, if this is new to you, these practices are new to you, underdo your range of motion. Keep it really soft and fluid until you can feel, and even as you feel, uh, 
allow your body to move in ways that um, that honor it, that you don't push into resistance. You're not pushing into pain. We're not working with that threshold. This is a way of opening and clearing. So the first gesture that we'll do, and then we'll do a set of a few practices and then sit for a few minutes together. So this is a way of landing, of getting here, of bringing our... Uh, our chi, our prana, our life force, our heart's intention together in this space. The first action that I'd like to do with you is called opening and closing the door. And this comes from, a couple of these practices come from the Tibetan traditions of Salong. And this one happens to come from the tradition and the practices of the fifth Dalai Lama, as a matter of fact. So this wonderful practice works with the heart field front and back. You relax the shoulders, and so I invite you to do this along with me. So you'll have um, you'll have Betsy and Joanne here up in front, and they are wonderfully good models. Also, Colleen is here, and James is here. Um, these are graduates. Uh, there may well be some other people that uh, know these practices, but... Those are who I see right now. So you can also work with the visual of connecting with them as well. Okay, so here is the first gesture. It's called opening and closing the door. So let your hands come up and relax the shoulders. And what we're going to do is spiral forward so that you incline the backs of the hands. So if you're sitting in a chair, you want to move off the back of the chair. This is just for a few moments. Yeah, good. And feel the roundness of the space of your shoulder blades just smoothing out in your back. Don't force this gesture. Remember, we're practicing underdoing. You lightly bring the chin in and feel the back part of the crown of your head lift. Now we're going to exhale here and then open this gesture so the palms are facing out. And as you lightly press that out, you might feel the line across your heart, across the chest. And then exhale, spiral in. Now in-breath, and feel that easy expansion across the heart. And bring the chin in, let the head lift. In-breath, lift and open. Just like opening and closing the shutters of a window. So when you open the front here, the front part of the heart is open, the back gently closes. When you exhale, the front closes gently and the back opens. In-breath. Easy. Underdo it. Just stay in the feeling of this practice. We're going to do one more repetition here. Spiral. And then just let your hands return to whatever position you, you use for your meditation. And take a moment just to feel through the core of the body. Relax your breath. Let soft, natural, easy abdominal breathing just take place.
Good. Let's do another practice that is called full spinal breathing. This gesture, too, opens and closes, moves the whole length of the spine in a very easy, gentle way. Um, We're practicing underdoing the range of motion, so don't effort too much in the extension or the drawback of this practice. Uh, The chi moves forward and back, kind of articulates the length of the central column. I'm speaking about the spine. And as you do that practice, this uh, release uh, kind of uh, energizes the nervous system through the body, especially those gateways or those passageways of the brain nervous system through the spine. This is a very beautiful practice, excellent for brain health and nervous system health. So we're going to do two gestures as we did with the uh, opening and closing of the door practice. The first one is to take your palms up and bring the elbows close by. Have a sense of the heart and the sternum lifting a little bit with that in-breath. And then you're going to spiral forward. Again, a spiral to round the back. You bring the chin in, but let the head lift out. And then you're going to draw that back with the in-breath. And then spiral forward with the exhalation. Rounding. In-breath. Now you find your rhythm of the breath, your rhythm of the movement that allows you to connect in this beautiful, mindful motion that connects the breath, your intention, skill of the practice. We're being with our bodies in a way that we're not stressing, we're not pushing range of motion, we're not pushing the mind, it is just easy, open through the length of the arms and the hands to feel the flow of the pulsing of the whole spine. See if you can move forward, bring the chin in, let the head lift. In breath, heart lifts, opens. There's no hurry in this practice. Just being present in feeling Gradually getting used to the skill of the action. One last as you spiral forward. Then return to natural breathing as you let your hands assume a gesture of meditation. Beautiful. Now our practice of mindfulness here is to be with what is arising in awareness, in sensation, in thought and feeling. So there's no way that it's supposed to be. Just being present and connected with how it is right now is the nature of our orientation to awareness to what's arising in the body, what's arising in awareness, what's arising in the domain of our emotions, our mood, our mind. Just be present with that. Feel what is here. These are moments of natural introspection and awareness.
Now for the purposes of our practice, we recognize that from stillness to motion and motion to stillness, internal presence of this loving awareness is unchanged, is unbroken. So we're still moving these different gestures, but the internal poise is relaxed, naturally settled. Our last gesture here for now is one called the opening gesture. This is uh, a very fine practice for us meditators. This particular practice helps to open the length of the spine, uh, helps to uh, refine a natural uprightness of the spinal column. So whether you're sitting in a chair or sitting on a cushion, you can use this practice um, skillfully. And this is how we do it. So we're going to take the hands like this and press inward and then open upward. You make a V-shape and face the palms in. So have a sense of lift now so that you can feel abdominal field. The space between the lower ribs and your pelvic bone. And let that lift and open. Now relax the the, uh, pelvis. So you get a very easy, quite subtle stretch of the spine. Breathe naturally, easily. Bring your hands forward and fold your fingers over your thumbs. Light fist. Hands down to knees. And with an in-breath, you draw back and lengthen, open upward. Bring the chin in, let the head lift. Breathe naturally. Soften up now, soften up. Breathe easy, naturally. Feel that uprightness of the spine. And now release the hands. And see if you can have a sense of that uh, dignity of presence along the central column of your body. We'll do this practice one more time and then sit for just a few minutes together. So press, extend, V-shape, palms facing inward. That's important, palms facing inward as you lift. Now relax the middle part of the body and see if you can let the tailbone, let the pelvis settle down even as you extend upward. Breathe naturally. Let the breath open in the abdominal field. Soften and empty out of your arms. Now, bring your hands forward, fold fingers over thumbs in this mudra, and then bring your hands back with an in-breath. See if you can lengthen the spine, bring the chin in, soften the back of the neck. That's it. Now breathe naturally. See if you can have a feeling of that uprightness along the central column. Good, looking very good. Now release the hands, relax the body, see if there isn't some resonance of that presence of uprightness. And just let the breath relax into the waves of natural rhythm.
Take a moment to feel the boundaries of your skin through the body. Lightly move the awareness from that surface inward through the tissues, into the bones, into the joints. See if you can consciously soften that space. The eyes are soft, the jaw is relaxed, the tongue rests naturally in the mouth. Feel that presence along the front channel of the body, from the forehead, through the face, through the throat, down through the heart and solar plexus, downward to the center of your body. And just rest and relax in this presence of dignity.
For me, it's so beautiful when we come together in just this intention for peace and for well-being and let that uh, essence just expand and uh, touch not only our uh, our own bodies but each other and and it does definitely have a resonance in the world so the theme of our practice being uh, restoring well-being with these uh, integrating practices is an important aspect of um, of the orientation to practice itself. So in our daily lives and in modern culture, it is easy uh, with all the things that we are dealing with, uh, not only personally, but interpersonally, culturally, and the, the larger uh, amazing issues of climate transformation, climate change, um, and, and what's happening about the world. So the, the, uh, one of the impacts of that, of course, is that we get stressed out. And when we get stressed out, we lose the sense, or can lose the sense, of that sense of grounding and presence. And sometimes we even feel like, well, we, you know, maybe we don't deserve it or something because everybody else is suffering and why should I feel good? But it's very important that we, that we find that sense of center and that find that sense of grounding through our own being because that creates uh, a resonance, not only for yourself, but for your loved ones, for your cats and dogs, of course, and, uh, and, for, and for nature itself. The, the studies that have been done in, uh, both in mindfulness and in Qigong uh, show that, that resonance has a, uh, has, a, has a larger field impact. So this, you know, we used to talk about this and people would say that's, uh, that's woo-woo, you know, because, uh, you know, there's no science around it. Now we have the science, and we understand that it is possible to change the magnetic qualities of our own bodies and, and positively impact without you know, uh, interference the, the life around us. So as we work with, th- with these um, integrating practices that have actually been part of Buddhist tradition for centuries... But it's quite interesting that, that the somatic element was, um, was part of Chinese culture from the time of uh, way before Bodhidharma in the, in the 5th, 6th century when, when he traveled from India to, um, to China and then wound up in the Shaolin temple. We often think of Shaolin, we're thinking of martial arts and but they also worked on these amazing health practices that have been part of those traditions that have been intimately connected with Buddhist practices and, of course, intimately connected with the Taoist traditions. 
Now we have a way of understanding them uh, through a little bit through science and through neuroscience and neurobiology. Um, so we can now uh, access these skills, these this knowledge that um, that has come about through uh, dedicated and uh, interested researchers. So. I'm happy to share with you some of these uh, core practices of uh, what is known as Qigong. If that's a new word for you, Qigong simply means the Qi is the life force, right? If you come from a yogic tradition, it's prana. You know, and different cultures know words related to this life force, often intimately and oh, actually always intimately connected with the breath. So for us, in the Buddhist traditions, we have you know, the practices of mindfulness, the, the Satipatthana Sutta, which many of you are familiar with. And this is a, a way of understanding and reflecting on the qualities of life force, uh, of, uh, of mind, of heart, of spirit, of dharma. So... In these times, having access to these resources is very important for the purpose of connecting with, establishing, and maintaining well-being. So it doesn't mean erasing our, our causes and conditions. We share many causes and conditions. The big one is the climate change in, in this world. Uh, you know, both in America and across the world, we share the, uh, the political situation. Don't worry, I'm not going there. <laughs> but uh, you understand the, the impact of that when you watch the news or when you, you know, uh, I guess nobody reads newspapers anymore, so what we get from uh, our electronic media, uh, understanding the impact of... of of, um, of the situation, the ways that it can establish well-being or really diminish well-being for, uh, for not only uh, a few people, but for many, for thousands, for millions even. So when we establish practices that help us ground, that help us center, that help to actually bring about vitality, you know, mental wellness, emotional wellness... Um, physical well-being, these are important things that are part of our lineage, part of our traditions in both Buddhism, Taoism. And if you don't relate to any of those, how about just plain being well, you know? A lot of people relate to uh, being spiritual but not religious. So that's an important aspect. And... um, so we want to gain the skills, gain uh, the access to the resources of this aspect of our being. So, of course, we know through science and through um, you know, modern medicine, of course, a, a lot about the health and well-being uh, of our human bodies and so on. And through, through modern psychology, there's a, a lot to be gained from connecting with the skills that are present in these particular disciplines. So that which integrates them 
is very important for us. So the skills of the of the qigong related to contemplation, related to meditation, is what we're going to be exploring and what we've already begun to explore today. So here at Spirit Rock, Spirit Rock is really one of the centers. It, it maybe is the main center of West, of Buddhism in the Western world. It certainly is one of them. So over the years um, here at Spirit Rock, I've taught about 150 retreats, including the month-long retreats, and have had the opportunity to work maybe with many of you on, on those wonderful uh, uh, deep dives. So uh, what's important is to understand a few of the aspects of what we do here and then we'll start to, in just a few minutes, we're going to stand up and do a few of our standing practices. So we'll have periods of maybe an hour, 15, an hour and a half. We'll take a tea break, come back, and, and do like that. That's a, The day is pretty easy. It's not strenuous at all. Not like the old school stuff we did up, up top when, when there was no electricity. Well, it seemed old school, you know. It seemed like, uh, you know, uh, ha- being in the hall when it was 37 degrees. And um, so during those times, uh, in, uh, I was able to teach for, the, for that cohort there. I taught some of the old school Salong practices, so Tibetan practices that are about warming, that really generate internal heat. Is the people we needed it. You need to be able to breathe that energy and that life force from inside uh, to the periphery. So those were skills I don't often teach here, but I'm really delighted in the opportunity to share that with people there. We actually had a great time uh, doing that. Let's see, where was I? Um... So the, uh, the skills that we're going to learn, very simple in their form, but I really invite you to be interested in them. Don't dismiss the simplicity of the practice right away. Or maybe not at all. <laughs> but the, uh, the, uh, the idea is just to ease your way into the skill because, um, as I like to say, simplicity opens to depth. So when you practice something that's very simple and maintain your interest in it, you cultivate some of the aspects that we cultivate here at Spirit Rock. So we have the practices that generate and uh, cultivate a natural concentration. So a concentration in this sense is not necessarily just walling off and walling off the senses but an open, spacious awareness that allows you to settle in your being, relax your mind, and be able to focus your your attention directed by your intention. So then we have uh, also here, we've got the beautiful practices of metta here at Spirit Rock, which was part of the Buddhist tradition, that extension and presence of loving-kindness, loving presence, this is a, this is a great 
uh, healer for us. A beautiful healing aspect for our hearts, our minds, our spirits. It helps us to ground and center. So also in the spectrum of practices that we do here at Spirit Rock, and it's also part of the Zen tradition as well, um, you have uh, what we sometimes call insight practices, the Vipassana practices. Insight is um, our practices in the contemplative domain that allow us to understand the nature of reality. The nature of reality, um, according to the Buddhists, uh, you know, in a broad swipe, has three essential qualities. Uh, we call them the three characteristics. Many of you know this already. So one of the primary ones is impermanence. This is the good news and this is the bad news, right? So uh, it's, it's good that conditions are not permanent, And then the things that we most love also are not permanent. So finding our way to gain insight into this uh, ever-changing nature of matter and manifestation, wow, this is important. This is an important quality of insight that we develop gradually. So impermanence. There's also this thing that is uh, amazingly confusing called non-self, or can be. So what what the practice of uh, anatta means, in uh, kind of in a nutshell here, is that the nature of our understanding ourselves also has this quality of impermanence, and there is not a fixed self. Now, of course, we have the, this nature of our historical being. And this is important to understand and to honor. But in looking at this and the flow of awareness and transformation that we're different people now from when we walked in this room, all of us. And yet we, we, we often will solidify the sense of self. So in part, the sense of uh, non-self is to also to recognize and to begin to recognize that we have this aspect of our being and then also the interconnected aspect of our being, uh, which is sometimes called true self. But that would kind of mean that this is not true self, but it is. It's all part of an interpenetration and interconnection with all of life. So, it's, in a way, it's it's part of the it's part of the nature of the paradoxes that we uh, that we greet when we when we undertake uh, contemplative practice to understand who we are, how we are, and how we can bring about both emotional maturity, be able to contribute to this life in the best possible way, and to really wake up to this. Uh, quality of connection and interconnection that we share. So the skills that we'll learn today and practice um, are those that contribute to this sense of well-being. Um, 
the last thing I'll say before we actually move into some of the standing practice is that all of this are all of these are layered practices. We learn in layers. I teach in layers. So nothing is coming out as like being some ultimate view. This is not about a world view. This is not about a belief system. Our practices, according to the yogic system or to the qigong system, are maps. They're maps to the profound. They're maps to understanding dimensions of our being that we perhaps have not connected with before. Or that we can deepen in. Those of you that have practiced meditation or practiced yoga or practiced elements of uh, qigong, energy arts, deeper understanding of the subtler systems. This is not meant to be uh, weird and overly mystical, but it is extremely beautiful to connect with skills that uh, enrich your vitality, enrich your well-being, and potentially can have a positive impact on others as well. So we learn, uh, you'll learn in layers, I teach in layers, and that's an important aspect. So in terms of the orientation to what we do, the invitation is just to try it, just to engage with it, to try to follow the instructions, and um, we'll move like that. So we're going to do... Uh, In just a moment, we're going to do a few practices standing up. If for some reason standing up is not the right thing for you, you can likely do any or all of these practices seated. Because these are subtle practices, if you're standing and you feel like you need to sit, by all means do so. So in some ways, uh, since most of us are in chairs here, which is just fine, A good way to do this is to get up and stand behind your chair so that you have the stability of the back um, just for for standing. Okay, so we're we're practicing ease. We're practicing connection with the breath. We're We're learning the skills of a few practices. And primary to this is the breath, working with whole body breathing. So in a moment, we'll do some practices, some qigong that is connected to uh, whole body breathing. And the idea here is not just to learn or appropriate a form, but to relax into feeling, to relax into presence with these uh, gestures and with these actions. In a while, after our break, we'll come back. We'll have a little time uh, throughout the day to do a little uh, um, connection and uh, questions or comments that you may have. But for now, I invite us to stand and um, we'll begin to do a little practice together. first practice that we'll do together is called moving through the five fields of the body. So this is a 
basic mindfulness of the body practice. Um, it's, a, it's a traditional practice that comes from Tai Chi Chuan. Some of you may have done Tai Chi in your life, and uh, this is a traditional practice that orients us to the body in this way. So it's uh, simple to do. Here's how we do it. Just bring your attention down to your feet and ankles and just start to move a little bit, feeling the bottom plane of your foot. Relax the breath. Just move in here. You can move a little forward, a little back to side and side, move in circles. Just start to feel the life in the feet and ankles. There's no exact right way to do it. You can just move and feel. So then we connect to the lower legs, then through the knees, and then into the thighs. Relax the breath. Earth connection, feet, ankles, lower legs, moving the knees a little bit, moving the upper legs. Present in feeling. That opens naturally into the pelvis, into the hips. And just move in here in a way that uh, allows you to liberate movement, relax the lower spine, tailbone. Everything connected from the feet and the ankles through the legs into the hips and pelvis. That also naturally opens into the lower abdominal field, and you can feel the length of the spine and the internal space, the organs down the length of the arms. Move that in whatever way. Allows you to open, relax, release, keep everything moving. Now with your eyes open, start to move also your head and neck just a little bit. Moving together. All right, and now find your way from this relative motion into relative stillness of the standing meditation posture. So you want to feel the feet connected with the earth. Then that opens up through your legs, and just make sure that your knees are not locked. Unlock your legs so that there's a little more presence through your legs. And as you come to the space of your hips and and pelvis into the abdominal area, breathe a little more deeply. See if you can expand the breath to feel into the lower back, sides. Empty through the shoulders, empty down the length of the arms, and then your eyes, whether open or closed, and I suggest your eyes be the little bit open, soft. The peripheral vision is open here. Have the sense that the back part of the crown of the head lightly lifts upward. The jaws are relaxed, and the tongue rests naturally in your mouth. See if you can find the feeling through the body of the energetic center line, like a plumb line through the core of your head, down through your heart, through the hara connecting with the earth. Relax your arms at the side. 
Just rest in the stillness for just a moment. Yes, your body will move and make a little adjustments as you connect with the poise and the alignment of the standing meditation posture. Good now. From here, we're going to come into the first practice of whole body breathing. It's called radiant body breathing. So the hands flow out to the side with an in-breath. Turn your palms up. And then exhale as the palms face inward. Bend your knees. Settle the hips. Release the breath. In-breath. Just smoothing out etheric space in front of the body. Not too fast. Just smooth and even the whole fluid action. As you get used to this movement, this gesture, then start to feel the whole body breathing. This means the whole body is relaxed. Everything is nourished by the breath. Every cell of the body nourished by the breath. Because it actually is. This is just taking the opportunity to connect attention with this intention for well-being through the actions of the breath, through whole body movement. Last cycle. And then as you complete, smoothly find just for a few brief moments here your way into standing meditation. Chin comes in, soften back of neck, back point of the crown of the head gently lifts. You settle, you're a little more present through your legs. Now in the maps of Qigong, similar to the Vedic and yogic practices, we have three centers that we pay attention to. The field of the head, the heart field, and what we'll call the hara. That's a Japanese word for the abdominal area. There are fields of practice, fields of awareness, fields of energy. So this next practice is going to breathe up the central line through these three centers. So take one hand in front of the other, and you can change as you do this gesture. In-breath flows up. Relax the heart. Relax the throat. Relax the head. It fountains out of the crown of the head. Settles down. Bend your knees. Be present in the heels. About 60%. And in-breath. Good. Excellent. Feel that. Beautiful. In-breath flows up. Nourishing breath through the central channel of the body. Settling that down. Whole body moves, whole body breathes. Remember, there's no hurry. This is a wonderful opportunity to practice this essential mindfulness, essential presence awareness. 
invitation is to be interested in the ordinary. Let's do one more. Let that settle. Return for just a moment to your standing gesture. Now, when we do the standing meditation posture, we do um, a couple of forms. So one is just to let the hands be at the side. Another is to do as Betsy's doing here, and that's just place your hands over the field of the hara. So this is a really wonderful settling practice. If you take your thumb and rest it right in the, the navel cavity, your hand will be in the right place below the navel, to settle downward here, right? So one hand over the other. Joanne is doing that too. And she can, she can also show you the other gesture with the hands to the side. Come out to the side, that's right. Beautiful. So these are two gestures of standing meditation. So when you stand, yeah, just like that. Now feel through the field of the body and especially relax the hips, the pelvis, and see if you can open your legs by unlocking your knees. This takes a little bit of practice. Okay, release your hands down. We're going to do a practice now for the three centers, for the field of the hara the field of the heart and the field of the head. Very simple gesture. It begins like this, hands down about at the belt line. So you're going to relax the length of the arms. And then with an in-breath, you simply turn your palms up as you come a little bit forward and have the feeling of up. So you move the front part of the foot a little bit, maybe 60%, and then exhale through neutral feet back towards the heels. Not very much, 60%. In-breath. So just get into that gesture, feel the mechanics of this motion for a moment, and then in a moment I'll redirect our attention in this whole body breathing practice. In-breath. Let this be easy, let this be enjoyable, let the, the ease of the practice just resonate through the whole system. And with this connection to uh, essential kindness, move your awareness into the core of the body here, just below the navel. So with this in-breath expand, you feel that whole field pulse gently. Relax the face, relax your head, let everything settle downward. Then we're going to flow up from the hara field to the field of the heart. It's a very simple, easy opening gesture. Breath expands, you feel the heart field open and pulse.
Once you have the actions of this gesture, then feel the core of your body opening, expanding from the center of the heart, just like a radiant sun opening in all directions. No stress, no strain, nice and easy. Eyes open, soft gaze, heart, hara connected with the earth. We kind of come up to the space of the head. This is just a clearing gesture. Open expansion and. See if you can relax the breath and let it open deeply into the abdominal area. So whole body breathing deep, natural, abdominal breathing. Keep your face soft, kind, easy. One last. Hands in front. Floating down. Good. Excellent. Return for just a moment to your standing posture. So your hands can be at the hara or to the side. But the invitation is, these are moments of uh, presencing your awareness through the whole body. So feeling what is here. Feeling how that nature of impermanence changes the sensation, the awareness, the feeling, and the thought or the Emotion. Good. Now we're going to continue with a practice called pulsing from the core. And this, this essential practice also helps to release the nervous system through the body, nurture the brain. Very simple practice, and it begins like this. Backs of the hands inclining as we did with some of the other gestures. Settle the hips down. Bring the chin in. See if you can just have a very gentle roundness of the spine. Keep the arms empty. And breathe naturally here. Now, It might help if you draw the navel back towards the spine to round that lower mid-back. Just do that a little bit. That's part of the bow of the spine. Now, in-breath lifts. Roll your shoulders back a little bit. Exhale as the palms settle down. You're in your heels. You wrap forward. And in-breath flows up, lifts, and lengthens. Good. Just like that. Wrap forward. You see, in practicing with this quality of ease, that the body naturally relaxes on the inside along the length of the spine. Natural flow through the nervous system.
that as you practice this gesture, remember that principle of underdoing the range of motion. So you can let this be very easy, enjoyable, smooth. Good. Let's do one more cycle. More cycle lifts, opens, settle, find your way back to the standing meditation gesture, whether your hands are at the hara or at the side. For just a, f- a few brief moments here, stand. See if you can allow the body to be open, clear. Unlock your knees. Good. Very good. We're going to do the balancing gesture or the complementary gesture for pulsing from the core. And that is opening the front line. So from the tip of the chin down that front line of the body all the way to the base of the spine in front. We're going to have a sense of opening. So if you incline the shoulder blades towards the spine there, then that relaxes the field of the heart, uh, the solar plexus, the abdominal area. See if you can just get into that for a moment and feel this space of ease and relaxation through your face so you're not holding any tension in the face. It's releasing down that front channel all the way to the base of the spine in the front. Easy breath. Easy breathing. The complementary action begins like this. You lift the shoulders in breath. Wrap and incline the backs of the hands in front. Exhale, settle down as you bend your knees. Draw the palms back. In breath, lifts and lengthens. Wrap forward. And that's the idea. Continue like this. said earlier, the form of this practice is the gateway to the practice of the principle. Here we're working with ease, with fluid flow through the body, whole body feeling, whole body breathing, underdoing a range of motion, letting this relaxed intention guide the movement. And one more. For just a moment, we return to the poise of standing meditation. So you rest your hands at the hara or at the side. But just feel what's present in your body. Allow your body to make whatever micro-adjustments it needs to make. But you're standing in this uh, settledness so that a line through the body connects with the earth. 
Let's continue now with uh, being in the hips. Change direction. All right, shake it out a little bit. Take a nice breath in. Let go. Good. Let's do that again. If you want to let out some sound, it's a it's a good thing to do. So breath in, flows up, let go. Ah, that's excellent. One more time. In breath. Ah, all right. So we'll do um, we'll do one more qigong practice. We'll do. Uh, a settling back into the hara and a balancing in the heart gesture. And we'll take a little tea break after that and come back. So let's do the practice that we did from the seated form, which was called full spinal breathing. So in full spinal breathing, if this is new to you, um, we begin with either drawing back here, opening that front plane, and then we bow into this action here. And then there's an in-breath like that. So this action does a really nice wrap of the spine. And so you want to do this soft and smooth, have the sense of continuity. Your presence, awareness is in the body. Uh, With that kindness and gentleness in the form, that helps you to release a little more deeply in the structure of the uh, spine and in the nervous system as well. So let's take a breath in here, wrap forward, bend knees, settle hips, round the spine, bring the chin in, now in-breath, that's it, so, keep it nice and easy through your arms, you exhale, you're present in the heels as the knees are bent, In-breath, straighten and lengthen a little bit forward. Exhale. Continue. And as you continue, you find the rhythm of your breath that works best for you. Some of you will be faster, some a little slower. But the action is smooth, soft, and continuous. That's the contemplative aspect. That's the meditative aspect of bringing the kindness of mindful attention to the practice of the form. Gently bow the spine with that exhalation, then in-breath. Last one. Exhale as the hands come out, settle down, in breath, 
and lining the hands up, palms facing inward, flow down the central channel. Rest your hands through the heart and solar plexus, the hara, below the navel, and just take a moment to settle in here, to relax down through the body. So really softening your face. Just let everything that's in the head melt down through the heart, solar plexus, down into the reservoir of the hara. Complete like this as we bring the fingertips together and thumbs together. Also bring your feet together and rest in this gesture of balance in the heart. A wonderful time to connect with your heart's intention for well-being, for yourself, for your loved ones, for the planet for all of life, for the water, for the air, for the warmth of the sun. Presence of the earth itself. May we with all beings together express this healing quality of loving awareness. Be present in the wisdom of compassion. Express the radiance of joy and present in mindfulness and equanimity. Okay, very good. Well practiced, wonderful. We'll take a little tea break now for about 15 minutes, and I want a uh, bio break. I want to invite you on this break we'll, uh, to, to maintain your sense of uh, containment and silence. So we'll do this, this break in silence. Of course, if you need to communicate things, you do that. And then at lunchtime, we'll talk and so on. So please, and you'll hear the bell to bring us back. Thank you.
Okay, so maybe we can take just a couple of minutes um, to bring out some observations or perhaps there's some uh, questions or comments that you might have. I think we've got a couple of people that are uh, happy to to uh, use a microphone. It's, it's just easier for us so people can hear throughout the room what your uh, comment or question is. Yes, please. Can you say what the third characteristic is? Oh, yes, I skipped the third <laughs> characteristic, didn't I? It's uh, sometimes known as dukkha. Uh, that's the Pali word for it. And the, the third characteristic is really about the human condition. Um, it, in a certain way, it's about the, uh, I guess to say, the natural condition of a regular uh, mind. Um, the, the, the tendency towards unsatisfactoriness in relationship to the conditions of life. So, um, in the in the flow of practice in the Dharma, you know the the recognition or insight into dukkha is to understand the nature of our own minds and our own uh, process. So when we do that we understand that we kind of naturally have the subject-object relationship with all matter. And that's not wrong. It's just how it is. But it's not the only knowledge. It's not the only point. So we have the sense of, of, an, of observing things and, uh, and that which is observed in the observer. So the part of the, of the practice of resting in pure awareness itself is the practice of understanding the lattice work of connection and interconnection that we share with all of life. So in Zen, we say, who are you? You know, it's like a little confrontational. Oh, who am I? Yes, who are you? So, um, the um, in traditional Zen, you know, the the Zen master, right, James? They'd say, you know, who are you? And if you'd fumble around and say, well, I'm, you know, I'm this person. I have this history. That you know, the proverbial Zen stick would come out, and and uh, it, it's not punitive. You understand? It's just a different cultural frame. Um, don't worry, I, I don't do that. It's, it's not, what it, not what we're about in modern sin. But we are about helping to uh, awaken to this true nature. So there's no way that a cognitive answer can, uh, can really give you this, this you know, f- or your answer to me if I ask you who, who are you can be sufficient, you know. So um, this again is part of the paradox of some of the of the uh, uh, Buddhist teachings in a certain degree and some of the Taoist teachings. So 
the understanding that we are this relative nature and also simultaneously we're this immense uh, connection and interconnection and interpenetration with all of life, that's, that's an important aspect to this uh, awakening, right? So awakening is just one part. Meditation is just one part. There's still also the importance of emotional and mental maturity that we gain gradually. And that emotional and mental maturity doesn't necessarily happen with higher education. Uh, it, it can, and it can definitely contribute to it. But the, uh, but uh, you know, as you see, you see, you often see very sophisticated thinkers who are really good at manipulating. Right? No names need be mentioned. So the um, the 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 point is that the the deepening and and true maturity is a re, is a recognition of this lattice work this amazing web of life that we're connected to and what does that do when you have the sense of connection and inter, interconnection as you connect with who you are in the full scope of things what does that do many of you already know because you've been uh, You've been connected in meditation practices or yogic practices. And sometimes you have peak experiences, like ah, a peak experience of, uh, of unbridled love. Just huge sense of love and connection, feeling the oneness that we share with all of life. But it is an, it's a natural oscillation, right? Sometimes we have peak experiences. You're, we're not expected to live and peak experiences. But having them contributes to understanding this, uh, this web of life, this lattice work. Yes, Barbara. Barbara is my good and dear friend and just one of the most amazing musicians on the planet, in my view. (laughs) How can I follow that now? Well... (laughs) Could you speak a little more about the equanimity element in Qigong and how that helps to foster that? Sure, yeah. So the equanimity element, um, I I think what, what Barbara is pointing to, which we work with in the practices of Qigong is the fact that, the, that what we do when we do it has a biological, neurological impact on our systems. So this is not like, like some of the old stories in, in, um, that you read in the suttas where, you know, 108 people come together and, and listen and then all of a sudden everybody's enlightened. Yeah, those were the good old days, right? The, uh, uh, but the but the idea is that um, uh, we we connect with these uh, the skill of these practices and the contemplative aspect um, 
as a way of, of transforming our own bodies and nervous systems, as a way of, of having the access of the resource of poise, having the access of the resource of, of openness, but still having skillful boundaries. So the equanimity aspect that Barbara was referencing comes when the flow of the oscillation of experience, where there's, there's some peak experiences and other times, you, you know, gee, I've been meditating for how many years and I still get reactive or something like that. When you understand that that's part of this flow of, of, of being a human life on the planet, when that kind of is part of the background of your understanding that's, that's, that's in there, it doesn't have to be necessarily expressed at that particular exact moment, but gradually you begin to understand that that's that part of the, uh, that's part of the process. So equanimity doesn't mean everybody's walking around like a Zen monk and, and that you have, um, you know, uh, that you're unruffled at any particular time. It just means that the recovery and the resource that you have to come back to center is there and you haven't completely lost it. So that is a gradual and developmental aspect of our contemplative practice. So our meditation practices are practices. At a certain point, the integration that takes place with them, with the, both the somatic learning that we do as uh, in our Qigong, um, or our yoga, or whatever is the integrating aspect that moves through this stuff. You know, that... Uh, that, that lights up your awareness, that lights up that quality of awakened presence. That helps to establish this quality of equanimity. And it's, it's not just one thing. It's not just, you know, being unruffled. If you are unruffled, the recovery time is faster. Yeah, so I hope that's helpful. Good points. Yes, please. I'm curious about during the qigong and sort of these meditative states. Yeah. Sometimes there are random thoughts that come in, and I'm just curious about like how, what do I do with these thoughts, and how can I help myself to be more present? Excellent. Excellent. Great question. And certainly you're the only one here with random thoughts. <laughs> okay. So, uh, of course, you know I was kidding. The, the, the point is, is that the, the process of transformation when it is authentic happens gradually. So we gradually develop the awareness to, po- to have that sense of poise in our meditative space where even if there is uh, the proliferation of thought or feeling, you're still able to kind of rest just a little bit in front of or you could say behind whatever uh, in your quality of the equanimity that Barbara was talking about. So it doesn't mean that something is wrong. It means that that is the nature of our minds and that 
the transformation that happens through neurological and uh, and contemplative practices begins to address that restoring of well-being, which is your ability to place your attention and your focus on the things that matter to you most, right? So, um, uh, yeah, it re- it does require this amazing quality of of human beings that we have sometimes called patience. So when you work with the when you work with the the integrating practice, you don't expect. Well, I yeah, I meditated once and didn't really work. So you know, you know what I'm saying. You persevere in the practice long enough to see if there is something there, if there's some quality of transformation, and. That's the, uh, that's the idea of this developmental movement of our, of our Qigong and our contemplative practice. It's all about creating that sense of well-being. That doesn't mean you're not going to be ruffled from time to time or that your heart won't be broken when certain conditions take place with, with personal loss, with feeling the, the planet, you know. Those, those sort of things. But you have the resource of center. And that's what we come to uh, that, that must go through both the fabric of our bodies and the, uh, the material, if you will, of our minds, hearts, spirits. Thank you very much for your question. And then... Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. I, I really liked when you said attention to intention. Uh-huh. And maybe it's related to the previous question, but how does the Qigong practice relate and could you speak to attention to intention? Sure. Great. Great question. Another great question. So we hear these terms all the time in Dharma because attention is an important quality that we develop in our meditative practice that is roughly called concentration, right? So the being able to gather your attention is a kind of focusing. It is a kind of concentration. But the way that I teach concentration is different, although I will use traditional methods both in various meditative Zen yogic traditions, but I also focus on what happens when we are actually able to come and begin to transform the fabric of our minds, bodies, nervous systems to begin to establish a taste, a sense of what Barbara was talking about with that, with that equanimity. Now, the way that we do this, which is an important access point to our practice today, is that the the actions that we do primarily are slow, soft, and continuous, and we're working with a kind of dynamic relaxation. Right? It's not just a melting release. There, we do that some of the time, but not all the time. Right? So there's a dynamic presence in this that helps gradually to build strength and tone. So it's strength and tone of the nervous system, Strength and, uh, and tone uh, of our ability to naturally um, gather our attention. So I was saying the difference for me 
in this and what I primarily teach is the expansive awareness so that you're able to differentiate from the phenomena that is arising in your awareness of thought, feeling, emotion, mood, all those things, and pure presence itself. Now the good news here is that that you don't have to create pure presence. Pure presence has always been here, is here right now, will be here as the arrow of time moves. So um, I, I hope that is, uh, is useful. So getting even little taste, giving little sparkles of the sense of that equanimity and the settling and the grounding is very valuable. So if we are looking for authentic transformation in our practice, which we are, if we're looking for that authentic transformation, then we need to be willing to uh, accept our bodies the way they are, accept our minds, our hearts, our spirits the way they are, and then to do the skillful means that allows for that um, natural and authentic transformation. Thank you for that. Yes, please. Um, I'm here because I'm feeling absolutely hopeless about the world and I'm a therapist. So on top of that, I'm really burnt out experiencing vicarious trauma. How do I, how do I go on and what does the practice say about hopelessness and working through that and still being present in this world? Thank you. That's a a very timely and relevant, um, question when we look and deeply feel the conditions of the world and obviously you're a a sensitive person you have the you have the sense that when you connect with the the sorrows of the world it is overwhelming right but the 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 path of this kind of what to say inner inner warrior that you are also are um, the the Buddhists sometimes refer to as a bodhisattva um, that is a resource directly into your being itself so you have a mind and a heart and a spirit that deeply cares about the conditions of the world. And when you look at that, it doesn't seem like you can impact that. How can you possibly you know, change the conditions which seem to be rolling on and um, uh, out of control? But our opportunity in these practices is to find that resource of our own ground and center and to take refuge in that. Those of you that are familiar with the Buddhist teaching say we take refuge in the Buddha Dharma Sangha. But apart from that languaging, you want to find a way to really connect with your heart so that you can, I'll just bet, that you really want to be of benefit, that you want to see transformation in the world, right? So part of it 
is, uh, you know, the bodhisattvas say, okay, where's hell? Okay, I'm going. Right? Yeah, but you need to, we need to kind of develop that sense of the, in, of the internal settling. So work on these skills of, of, of centering, of grounding, of being present and recognizing your connection and interconnection with all of life. And when you do that, then you can do, as Barbara was mentioning, have the sense of equanimity as you engage with these uh, amazing uh, conditions that we find ourselves in right now. So the main thing for us in these practices and in the orientation is not to resign, right? This requires a certain kind of internal... Um, strength orientation. In the early 90s uh, and throughout the 90s, a lot, I studied with the Dalai Lama and, and had the opportunity to sit with the Dalai, Dalai Lama and, uh, and receive teachings and do retreats and so on. One of the most profound moments was when he was offering refuge and giving uh, um, giving these teachings about the Bodhisattva. Now the, the Bodhisattva path is something that you're not made to do, right? You don't have to do it. It's something that you orient yourself to because of your deep care. I already can tell you, you care deeply about the world. You care about your loved ones. And if you, had, if you have children or are going to have children, you know you care about what's going to happen with them and your grandchildren and multiple generations going on. So uh, the Dalai Lama gave this, this teaching, which you will hear from time to time, which I say every day. This is, this is like a little line that I say every, every day. For as long as space endures, as long as human uh, beings exist, so too will I remain to dispel the sorrows of the world. Give that to you. So it's a, it's a deep commitment, the Bodhisattva path and this way of, of connecting and taking the time to, to cultivate well-being in our, own, in our own bodies, in our own hearts, our own spirits, our own minds. Yeah, this is a, this kind of a commitment, right? So it's something that you choose if you choose it. And um, the, the practices of our Buddhist tradition, the, the practices of many cultural traditions, are deeply connected to this essential kindness, to this essential love, to this essential recognition that we as human beings are one human family. Yeah, we're uniquely different in in culture and race and family and all these uh, amazing different ways. But we also have something that's really rich and common to us all. 
Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Hello. I was um, wondering about the energy field in Qigong and how wide is the energy field? Are we pushing out to the outside of our energy field? Are we energy? And is it colored? What does it look like? How far is yes. it? Yes. Great questions. I love these questions. The previously woo-woo questions of Qigong. But we know now modern science, both aspects of Newtonian physics and certainly in quantum mechanics, we're understanding the nature of matter more and more. And we're also understanding the nature of attention and intention in relationship to matter. So all matter, everything, has a magnetic field in it, around it. And can this be seen? Can you see the magnetic field around this cup? Probably not. I mean, I I basically see the cup. Occasionally, I can see it around human beings. But the, um, the idea is that there is what the ancients in both the yogic and the qigong traditions would call the etheric field around the body. Now, until modern science came up and understood from both Newtonian and quantum mechanics the nature of energy and its magnetic pulse, um, you know, this seemed a little metaphysical. Yeah. So, uh, but now we understand uh, and can use the, the crucible of our own bodies to skillfully work with the field in relationship to attention and intention. And to answer your question specifically, there is no limitation to the size that your, that your uh, centers can uh, express. Right now, you know, you can feel the space around your head, you can feel the space in the heart, you can feel the space of the hara, maybe a little bit bigger a sense of opening and, um, and, and feeling. So when we did the three centers breathing, the, the advancing practice, the advancing um, aspect of this is to really feel the field. But we don't want to make things up or, try, or be delusional. You want to ease into the practice. So you just do the mechanics of the practice at first. And then gradually you relax in and you start to sense um, the, the field of the body. So the field of the, of the, of the human uh, expression can be big. But this practice that we did right from the first, the, the radiant body breathing, as you smooth down the field of the, of the body, you are actually connecting the, the palms with the intention to smooth down so you're actually connecting with an etheric field. So this is a wonderful calming practice. There are many relevant skills for us in relationship to that and we're going to actually do some more in just a moment or two. How did that settle with you? Does that answer your question? Okay. Maybe one more if there's somebody has something. Yes. Yes. 
Hi, um, I'm new to Qigong. I've heard right. a lot about it. Welcome. Um, one of the things that I've heard a little bit about is like vibrational healing. Mm -hmm. And I see all the bowls and they sound wonderful and lovely. And I'm wondering what role they play overall in, in Qigong and, and in meditation. Healing. Yeah. So that's great. That's a great question. Um, there is a lot of metaphysics around that kind of stuff, too. So you'll hear, yeah, this bowl is a seed bowl, and it resonates with your base chakra. And, and uh, you know, geez, what can I say? The, you, you, that may or may not be. There is not a, a great way to empirically connect with that. So you have to feel into those things. The... Um, the bells are meant to be a, a way of naturally entraining your awareness. So it, for a few moments, it will, it will help to, uh, na to entrain your, your consciousness so that the natural proliferation of thought, which we all have, just kind of slows down, begins to, so you begin to become more centered. And that quiescence, that calmness, begins to resonate through the whole field of the body. So all of life is a, re is a field of resonance, is a field of vibration. Life is movement. You know, everything moves, everything breathes, everything pulses. So we think of breath on the level of, uh, of the lungs and this basic mechanism but there's a lot of things that are breath. So once we get the mechanism of the breath to relax, which is so important in, in Buddhist or Taoist practices, and for us in Qigong, that gradually you can start to feel the resonance of the whole body breathing. And it doesn't seem so weird or, you know, like, really? <laughs> so... The, the, the idea is that right down to the subatomic level, everything is moving. What makes your body your body? Why you, how can you go to sleep at night and wake up and still have it when you wake up in the morning? I mean, it's kind of a mystery, isn't it? What holds this stuff together? Right? There is some kind of, of awareness from the cellular level into the molecular level into the, into the atomic level and subatomic level that connects with consciousness, that connects with this beingness that we are. And this beingness is fluid. It, has a, it, it, can, be, uh, uh, it can be impacted by our thoughts and feelings and conditioning as we, uh, as we see that it is. So, um, does that get to it a little bit? Yeah, yeah, great. So that, that I'm glad we did this because, and I always, I always love to because it helps us to understand both um, individually and collectively what are the values of practice. Um, when you, many of you have done the meta practice that we that we love to do here, and I along with uh, Spring Washam and myself, um, we've taught the Metta retreat, the Metta and Qigong retreat here for many, many years. Uh, we'll do it again in, although Spring isn't here, but the, in December. So this integration of 
the practice of loving awareness, the first Brahma Vihara, sometimes called called metta in the Pali, but also uh, loving kindness, right? So the initial practices of loving kindness are the repetition of certain phrases. But you're not supposed to necessarily stay with that forever, right? You, uh, you connect with that until you move through the resistance, that you move through whatever is in you that, that um, keeps you from, from feeling the qualities of, uh, of loving awareness through every fiber of your being and then be able to express that or to extend that into space, through time, through space. So when you do the metta practice, you know, and you do it for somebody else, you don't go, I've been doing metta for you for a while and I'm not seeing any change in you. So it, um, the idea, of course, it, it must begin here. And if it begins here and it's authentic, then the... Uh, then the resonance will have a, a different impact relationally. So just return for just one moment to the koan and the question that I asked earlier. What is the impact of these kinds of practices? Why, what does it do for us? And that is it creates the potential of empathetic connection. That's where we can begin. So the, the sense of, uh, of a natural reciprocity in our relational sense gives a little more patience, gives a little more sense of being able to listen, um, and then that will naturally open into the wisdom of compassion. Compassion is understanding that uh, the, the conditions that we work with, that we struggle with sometimes are not ours alone that the condition in which that happens in our hearts, minds, bodies, nervous systems is similar in other bodies hearts, minds and nervous systems so because of that um, yeah, there's a little more space and when somebody cuts you off and driving down the road, it's not like oh yeah, they might be having a heart a bad day, you know I've had a bad day. I know what that's like. So you can move out of rea- reactivity into this into a spaciousness, you know, of uh, of acceptance. You know. Okay, good. Thank you for that. That's good. Now, um, I want to do a few more practices uh, with us, and we're going to take um, we'll take our lunch break in about twenty twenty five minutes or so. Uh, we did uh, since we've been sitting for a while I want to return to standing and I want to return to standing and do some of the practices that we did earlier now to understand there are literally thousands of forms of Qigong I could teach you many many but what's most important is to take an essential form and to allow it to deepen We'll work. We'll practice more forms, but I want to return to that sense of radiant body breathing, pulsing from the core, and see if we can't feel that a little more deeply in our own bodies and nervous systems. Okay, 
So we've been sitting. Take your time. Stand up for a moment. Since the orientation is mostly visual, you've got Betsy and Joanne here, and have got Colleen and James, and there are many others that are kind of skillful in uh, their Qigong that you can visually reference as well. So, Now, the practice of mindfulness through the five fields. You could. Good. Okay, what's next? You could you could do that kind of orientation where you just you feel quickly through the whole body. Uh, we take it a little more slowly, just to to spend some time with the ordinary, because it's often what gets bypassed, and um, it's it, it's useful, it's skillful. So feet and ankles, just moving in there. Relax the breath. There's nothing great to realize or appropriate here. It's just a matter of feeling. And that opens into the legs. So you're practicing mindfulness and just tracking that presence of awareness into and through your body. And that opens in the space of your hips and pelvis. naturally opens into the torso. Take a moment to feel inside, feel the spine, feel the space of the uh, internal organs, the arms, ribcage, heart, lungs. Then with your eyes open, soft gaze, then you can move your head and neck a little bit. That's it. And then come into a gesture of standing meditation. There are many, many postures of standing meditation. Today we're working on the two of settling in the hara and what is called the traditional wu chi standing meditation posture. But the idea is that this is a complete practice in and of itself. So the invitation is to just generate a little interest and curiosity about this. To be present in the feet and through the legs. How can I stand with, uh, with poise and ease and alignment? Have that sense of the elements of alignment like the crown of the head lifting, the jaw relaxing, the tongue resting in the mouth. The center line open. The knees relaxed and opened. You're a little more present in the legs. See if you can get a sense of your body's alignment. So that plumb line that's in harmony with gravity flows through the core of the body. The center of the head, the center of the heart field, the hara, right down that center line to connect with the earth. 
And just be there in a way that you can feel the whole field of the body. Relax the breath, natural breathing. Now let's open into the first action once again, which is radiant body breathing. So the hands flow out to the side. Turn the palms up. And with the exhalation, you're a little bit more back towards the heels, but you're smoothing the etheric field of the body in front. This time, as the hands flow down the front, just feel the back part of your body. Smooth, open, clear. Release that to the earth in breath. Inside. Smoothing down and releasing the inside. Let that go all the way to the earth in breath. Now continue your practice with your rhythm of the breath so that you stay with the gesture, stay with the action to allow a feeling of the whole body breathing. Everything moving together. Everything in harmony. So as you smooth the hands down the front part of the body, whether your attention is in the back or on the inside or in the front, it's a sense of calming. Let's do one last cycle here. As you complete this, just feeling through the body, Come to rest in your standing meditation posture. Even if this is a little uncomfortable at first, as you gather your alignments, relaxing the breath, you'll find little things come into alignment, little things let go. Your awareness of the inside and in the joints and in the alignment Come and go. And the center line, like a column of presence through the whole body, we're going to breathe up that center line. So one hand in front of the other. And then as we do the repetitions, they can change. So an in-breath flows up the center line. Relax the heart. Relax the crown of the head. Like a fountain that opens out and settles back to the earth as you bend your knees a little bit, settle in and... That's great. Good.
Good. One more cycle here. When you complete this cycle, find your way into whatever your gesture is for the standing meditation posture. Allow the micro-adjustments of your alignment in standing to gradually take place. Nothing rigid at all about your standing posture. Alive, vital, awake, but relaxed, aligned, and resilient. Let's practice once again the three centers breathing so we begin to develop a sense of awareness of those energetic fields, right? Hara, the field of the heart, the field of the head. So the gesture itself that we do is very simple. But what's most important about it, at least in my awareness right now, and that will change, is that we're going to, with the in-breath, you move slightly forward to the front part of the feet. Like 60% of your weight is forward. And then as you exhale, you move through neutral feet and back towards the heels. As you come back towards the heels, it's about 60% of your presence awareness in the heels. So you're doing this gesture a little bit forward and up and a little bit back and down. It's not a leaning back not a leaning forward. It is a connection with the earth through the bottom plane of the feet. This really contributes to whole body breathing. So, hands down at the waistline. And the opening gesture here is just to turn the palms up like that. Just kind of encourage the invitation of the opening of space. And then close back with the exhalation. So let's begin now. In breath. See if you can let this be easy, easy and natural. Good. That's the mechanics of the action. Relax the arms. Relax the shoulders. Now, lightly bring your attention into the center of the body. Below the navel, directly in the middle of the core of your abdomen. And this area, like a warm, vibrant jewel, opens and pulses with the exhalation. Feel that space and that radiance opening out. Nice and easy, no urgency, no hurry here. From the hara, we're going to float up, space of the heart and lungs opening there.
And one more. Heart and hara along center line flowing up to the space of the head. Relax your head. Just let that be a clearing, brightening action. And one more. Excellent. Now hands in front. Easy down. Just float it down. Find your way back to your standing meditation posture. Return again for just a moment to the practice of full spinal breathing. We'll do an action that's called integrating breath. We'll settle in the heart and balance in the heart. Then sit for just a few minutes together before our lunchtime. Full spinal breathing begins like this. In-breath, elbows straight back, and then exhale as you Bend your knees and round, gently round the spine. Bring the chin in, in breath. Straighten and lengthen. Soft and easy. Underdo the effort so that the ease opens deep inside the body. That's it. Good. Carry on. Feel your flow with uh, your rhythm of the breath forcing anything, underdoing range of motion, feel that containment in 70%. 70% of your range of motion. out with this last one, float it down, in breath. Integrating breath is a little different than radiant body breathing, so the palms are facing downward. You bend your knees, you press to straighten and lengthen, in breath. Smooth down the field of the body. Fingertips point out, press and lengthen. One more. This time we align the hands above the head, flow that down the central line of the body, rest presence in the field of the hara for just a moment. As you do, really soften. Let there be a space of kindness and ease in your face. Relax your throat. Relax the field of the heart. Let everything settle down here. Being at home in your own body. Contained, relaxed, settled, and safe. leading with the gesture of balancing in the heart. 
Bring the feet together if you can. Just helps that natural center line alignment. That introspection of connection with your heart's intention for well-being. Your care for all of the life of the planet. practiced. We'll return to sit for just a few minutes and uh, then we'll take a lunch break here shortly.
Okay, thank you very much. Wonderful to practice and connect with you today. We're going to take about an hour for lunch. There'll be a bell, and if you have uh, any questions, Romy and Christina are, are around. And thank you again to all the volunteers here that are uh, assisting us today. Enjoy your lunch. This is not a silent, you can roam about the planet as you choose.
Okay, good afternoon. Wonderful to be with you once again. So, uh, along with uh, Joanne and Betsy Hegarty here, who is not only a senior student, but the administrator for the programs that we do, um, and I'm very grateful that you all are here. We have Bodhi William Prince here, who is also a graduate of the Level 1 and 2 teacher training in the, in the Qigong Dharma. He's also a, a, an ordained Zen priest. And uh, we have um, Colleen here and, and James, who are also graduates of the teacher training. Well, I'll, I'll do an ad a little bit later on. So, uh, and, and maybe maybe have Betsy uh, say a little bit something about that because we want you to have the resources, of course. Um, so, yeah, it's about the resources. So today, the theme, I just want to check back in with you on this. Restoring well-being. So, in the traditions of practice, both uh, in the Dharma, but especially in the Dharma as it's related to the Qigong practices, the integrating practices, the, uh, the somatic practices, having these kinds of resources for us, um, it has been my observation, as I said, doing about 150 retreats here at Spirit Rock, Oh, since 99, and then maybe 30 or 40 um, Zen Shishins. And I've had the opportunity to see directly the impact of, of meditation as it connects with uh, Qigong. So I'm not trying to, to sell Qigong. I'm just saying that, that these practices have a very positive and deep a potentially deep impact on your meditation practice. One of the reasons for this is that we work not only with the elements of the uh, and the, of the principles of qigong, but we work with the elements of alignment too. So, in in sitting practice, um, we don't. Um, sorry, I told you never to call here. Just kidding. <laughs> Uh, let's see, where was I? Uh, the elements of alignment, yes, the elements of alignment. So the, the posture of, that we use for meditation makes a big difference in the impact of the natural proliferation of thought, which happens. But if your posture is like this in meditation, you will not be able to, to sustain your attention through a period of practice. But if you have a sense of lift and alignment at the same time ground and center, you will gradually be able to build the time of your practice. And I always need to say that it is not about the amount of time that you spend doing the practice. It is about the quality of the practice that you uh, 
uh, the quality of your attention that you bring. And the, the, the cultivation or the development of your attention and the development of the strength in your body makes a big difference in the, in the clarity of your awareness, your embodiment of these amazing uh, Brahma-Vihara potentials for human awareness and uh, human presence, the loving-kindness, the presence of compassion, uh, empathetic joy, and equanimity. So these are some of the highest qualities that are universal in, um, in our uh, human experience or that are potential for us. So we can imagine a world where this is the uh, this is the tone of relationships. It's always greeted with some kind of essential empathetic presence that includes that listening that is uh, that 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 is caring, that is genuinely loving. If that seems like a stretch, it's because, you know, there's a lot of inertia in the other direction because we have this sense of uh, this massive and global delusion of separateness. Which is not to say that we are not unique individuals. We are. We're unique and at the same time we are connected and interconnected. If we were to understand on this most fundamental level that the light that looks out of your eyes into mine and mine into yours is the same light, is the same life, then there's a natural presence of, of ethical care. There's, a, you know, of course you don't want to harm another person. Of course you care about their well-being. You don't have to struggle for compassion. It is naturally arising. But these, these aspects of the development of our meditative life, um, that needs to evolve. That needs to do, gradually develop. So this is, not, this is not an imperative like you should be. But when we see what's potential for us, Transformation happens for us genuinely when we recognize that the actions that we do or don't do make a big impact in our own well-being. So we have this as a kind of a foundational element in the in the teachings of the Buddhist the Buddhist teachings of the Kalama Sutra which I often reference because it's so powerful, it says, you know, it's important to doubt. Well, wait, wait a minute. What? Is it? Yeah, it's important to uh, have the knowledge that is directly opening up from within us. And the practices that we do are not about entraining a worldview or a belief system. They're about recognizing and coming to the source in terms of that direct knowledge and direct knowing. Our contemplative practice contributes to this. Our somatic practices contribute to this. That's why I say when we work with the elements of alignment, the sense of aligning up with the earth 
feeling through the whole field of the body, this quality that we call mindfulness of the body, mindfulness of the feelings, mindfulness of the mind. Um, These practices integrated with somatic awareness um, let us have more, in my experience, have more immediate access to um, to whether or not this is so. So in the Zen tradition, it's not about believing something. It's not about you know doing what your teacher does, even though it seems like that when you go to a to a Zen. Um, so some Zen teachings says they're all walking around and Zen little Zenipedes around the room, and and, uh, uh, and and the the. The culture can often appear to be contrived. There's a purpose for that. There's, there may be a time for that as a time for training, but there's also a time to let go of that be, and be spontaneous. If your meditation practice and your qigong practice doesn't inspire creativity, doesn't... Uh, free you up on the inside and in, in your expression, whatever your expression is, music or art or uh, writing or writing code. I'm speaking to the millennials now. So, you know, whatever that is, then why are you doing the practice? What is it really leading to? So, the resources that I'm really um, hoping for us to get acquainted with today are those elements of alignment that we work with with the standing meditation posture and also with the sitting. It's not rigid to, to have that sense of, of natural lift in the body. Now, I know on retreats, both in the Zen tradition and here at, the, uh, at Spirit Rock, you know, often if you come to a, a meditation retreat, you know, they, you sit for, um, you know, 45 minutes or something like that. And the intention, the, the instructions are pay attention to your breath, right? Well, that's great. But it's also like at the first, if you're first doing this for the first time or even for the 10th time, your body hasn't acclimatized to develop the internal strength that, that you need to sustain your attention for a period of time. So what I'm really inviting us to here in these practices is to completely accept ourselves the way that we are right now and then also to gradually develop by working with uh, incremental development in uh, in strength. So when you're working with meditation um, and you, you, know, you do that on your own or with a group or something or even on retreat, you do that for a few minutes so that you can feel those elements of alignment. You can feel the natural settling of your breath. Feel the whole body breathing. And then, as a matter of course, you... Uh, you are able to sustain to sustain and gradually increase that ability. 
So this is valuable not just for meditation, because meditation itself is the doorway to this essence of creativity, spontaneous presence, generous spirit of heart. Generous spirit of heart. So that em- the, the empathy that opens out for you in this um, positively impacts those you are in relationship with. So those are the resources that I'm really interested in um, communicating, in helping us develop them, to sustain them, to work through the developmental process of that growth. And so today, as we've worked with the elements of alignment, it is connecting with that plumb line. To feel the field of the center of your head, to feel the field of the center of your heart, to feel the field of the center of your hara, and that in relationship to the earth. So when we work with that, remember I said from the beginning, uh, very simple practices in some ways. They are really profound if you, can, if you sustain your, your practice with them. Uh, are curious about and investigate them uh, on your own. So the the potential impact is that greater sense of alignment. So when you sit to meditate, then you work with your own body in its own conditions and you, for just those few moments, perhaps have the sense of lift, the energy coming up, the energy flowing down and settling. Those are the qualities um, that were uh, that are valuable and useful to us as meditators, but they're also valuable and useful to us as creative beings, as resourceful beings, as caring beings. People that want to uh, be the revolution that changes the world. So when you think of it, you know, we're, we're, we, we don't quite have the tipping point yet globally, right? But we're looking for, um, as we embody those qualities in ourselves, that is kind of a light within us that helps to create the resonance. You don't have to uh, encourage anybody to do this. When you do it yourself people will notice naturally the, uh, the transformation that's within you. Might ask you, what the heck are you doing? You know? And then if you are interested, then you can share something. But you know, the first, uh, the first uh, impossible vow of Zen are beings are numberless. I vow to save and serve them all. Well, on the surface you could say, that is a pretty arrogant thing to say, right? What is, what is it about this amazing vow that um, that the Mahayana um, uh, practitioners engage in? Beings are numerous. We can't even, in, actually our families don't even want us to save them, right? So the, the uh, it's not about trying to 
convince other people. It is really about taking this as a practice within our own being for that internal transformation. So in a little while we'll, t- we'll talk about that, but I want to do some practices with you uh, now. The resource of strength and vitality that happens through the integrated action of contemplative practice with somatic integration. That's a fancy way of saying meditation and qigong. Right? God, what did I say? I forget. <laughs> the integration of some of our um, our contemplative practices. The, what we do in, in contemplation here is we work with the metta. We work with insight. We work with vipassana. We work with gathering the attention. These are the core practices of contemplation in the Buddhist tradition. Also, by the way, in the Taoist tradition. Also, I'm sure, in other traditions of contemplative endeavor. When the rivers of of contemplation meet with the somatic integration, which is the practices of Qigong in this case, it could be yoga. If yoga has the contextual, if the way that you practice has the contextual uh, piece that allows you to kind of seamlessly connect with that, beautiful, wonderful. Right now, um, as both a yoga practitioner and as a a qigong practitioner, the qigong practices are generally most accessible. They're most easily accessible to us. The forms are simple. The practices get deeper and deeper as you go along on the journey of the practice. So it doesn't, you know, as you do these practices, it doesn't require that you spend, uh, you know, an hours a day. In fact, it's best, especially in starting, to start with short periods. Five, ten minutes. Maybe you work with standing meditation and put on your timer, your egg timer, and set it for three minutes and see if you can stand in the gesture of standing meditation, of wu-chi, standing meditation posture. And let the feelings that arise out of that and the natural alignment that will take place when you bring mindful attention to your body like that. Then the natural intelligence in your being will teach you what you need to know. You just need a little help getting into those qualities of alignment and, uh, and the, the basic corrections that happen right at first of, at, with practice. Later on, once you establish that, once you learn radiant body breathing, then it will deepen for you as you practice. Remember that all practice has this oscillating motion. Sometimes you feel it really deep, and other times it feels like, yeah, this is superficial. I'm, you know, why am I doing this? Silly. I hope nobody sees me. But... Sometimes you'll be able to start to, <laughs> to, to feel into really deepening and, and catching these amazing uh, tones of strength, of uh, natural awareness that opens through this alignment, this natural connecting with the natural intelligence of life. That is the other domain of knowledge that we're 
that we're awakening to that opens up through the integration of somatic practice and contemplative life. So, let's do, uh, let's do a very core practice. Let's do a very core practice for health and well-being. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a, a spinal practice. So with any of the spinal practices, listen to your body, honor your body first. Don't push into any um, pain. Don't push into any resistance. Just tr- try to do these practices as best you can, not pushing at even at the threshold of uncomfortableness or uh, pain, right? Qigong, you know, you go to the gym, it's like no pain, no gain. Right? In Qigong we say, no pain, no pain. <laughs> okay. That's my joke, and I think you've probably heard that before, so, so. anyway. This important practice uh, works with the uh, the spiraling movement of the spine. So I'm going to give us a couple of developmental aspects of this particular gesture. And what I want to invite you to do if you're sitting is to move off the back of the chair so that you have a little bit more room to do just a little bit of movement. Now, of course, if you need the support of the back of the chair, by all means, use that. But if for a few moments now you can practice in this way, Let's do that. So the spinal spiraling staircase is one of these movements that affects the whole field of the spine. Right? So this movement, because we are seated, has the aspect of the stabilization of the hips so that when you turn to the side, we're going to feel deep inside the body so that the first thing to move is the lower sacral lumbar area. It's towards the base of the spine. So what we're not doing to turn is turning the head and not, not engaging the base of the spine. So there's a very easy and safe way to do this. And I want to share that with you and then we'll practice it together a little bit. So when we do this practice of the spinal spiraling staircase, we start at the bottom of the stairs and then move up. So what we're going to do is, first of all, watch me and the mentors here do this practice and then we'll engage with it so I can give you the, the guidance and we'll do it together. So this gesture, which you know is called gasho in Zen, this is a a respectful and balancing in the heart gesture. So we relax and let the fingers just settle outward, maybe 30 degrees or so. It's that easy. Now, when we turn from the base, what we're going to do is take a breath in the center and turn to the left by keeping the alignment of the nose and this gesture. So we're not doing that and not taking this along. The center line connected with the base Exhale and spiral just about 10 degrees to the left to feel that movement. And then release that with an in-breath back to the center. We'll all do this in just a moment. Just see if you can watch this and see the distinction of the movement. 
So breath in the center, spiral by moving the base first and keeping the alignment of the nose and the sternum with your gasho. Just a few degrees, maybe 10 degrees, 15 degrees to the side. Right? That's the beginning gesture. So then the staircase of the spine begins to move up through the middle part of the body, through the thoracic spine, and then finally into the cervical spine in the head. And that gesture, as subtle as it is, looks like this. Take a breath in, spiral from the base, then relax into the middle, and then finally turn the head to the side. And then you take an in-breath and return back to the center. We do that on both sides. Nice and easy, doesn't require a lot of effort, but you will feel this especially deep in the body. So we're going to start first with just learning the skill of moving the base. And I want you, and then we'll take a moment so that you can feel that that's actually moved. If I were standing like this, and I said, and you said, move your spine, and I turned like this and turned my hips, how much internal movement do I have? A little bit, not much. But if I stabilize my hips and move from the inside of the body, I get a lot of internal movement inside the body, that natural pulse and stretch. So it doesn't have to be much. This is a subtle action, but you will feel it. So let's practice that together. So Gasho, feel the alignment of your nose and your sternum with your hands. Now take a breath in and exhale and spiral from the base, keeping that alignment of the nose just 10 degrees, 10, 15 degrees at the very most, and then return that to center. Take an extra breath. Breath in the center. And now move the base of the spine first. Keep the alignment of the nose, the hands, the sternum. Just a few degrees. Good. Stay with that. Practice it again on both sides. Feel the alignment and what is moving deep inside your body when you relax into the turn. You exhale in the turn. You return in-breath back to the center. It's looking really good. That's great. Now just rest your hands for a moment and feel in your body. Can you feel that space, has, how the space has moved? Get, get a little bit of sense of that. If you don't have a visceral sense of that right now, you will as you practice this a little bit. So this is an important aspect of moving and exercising and naturally stretching both the, uh, the, the space of the spine, the intervertebral space, and also the nervous system. Right. So now let's take that spiraling and move it into the mid-body, into the thoracic spine, all the way you know, into the upper chest and so on. Let's do that again. So breath in. Spiral from the base first, just ease into that movement and then relax into the mid-body and spiral. And then return that back to the center. Take a breath in the center. Exhale, first the base, then the mid. 
good and now returns back to center. For practice, let's do that one more time. In-breath, exhale, spiral, and then relax the spiral into the mid-body. Good. Balancing on the other side, in-breath, spiral. Good. All right, now you can let your hands down. You have the idea that when you move into the, uh, into the mid-body, that the alignment of the hands doesn't have to be exact with the nose and the sternum. That's only for this first aspect, and then you spiral into the mid-body. So you can relax your hands down, but we're going to take a breath in. We're going to do base, mid, and upper, finally with moving the head and neck. Then very importantly, slow release. Everything releases and returns back to the center. Let's do this together. So, breath in center. And exhale, spiral to the left, base first, then mid, and then the head and neck. Turn that smoothly to the center. Take an extra breath as you may need to. And then exhale as you spiral base, mid, and upper. Turns. Good. Let's do this one more time each side. So take a breath in the center. Exhale as you spiral and move the base of the spine first, then the mid-body, then the head and neck. Release that in-breath. Center. And now, one more time to the right, breath in, and exhale, spiral, base, mid, turn. Now when you return to the center here for a moment, the invitation is to feel this column that we call our spine in the mid part of the body. Just feel what's there. There's nothing to make up. There's no way that it's supposed to be just being present to the subtle and easy sensations that may or may not be present here. Okay, very good. Uh, in a little while, when after we come back from the break, we'll survey that again and, and see what your experience is. But this is an important skill. Why? Because the health of the spine is directly related to global health through the whole body, through the whole system. We sit so much that nurturing and pulsing the field, uh, especially of the lower sacral lumbar area, is absolutely essential to good health. So working like this and working with uh, the expression of the other uh, pulsing gestures helps to liberate, lubricate. And this is just on the, on the, on the, on the dynamic level of the body. Energetically, other things can take place as we have the skill in place there. Okay. (laughs) 
Let's return again for a moment to the gesture called the opening gesture. When we do the opening gesture, we started by doing this lifting action. And in that lifting action, feel the space of the what we call the midriff between the floating rib and the top of the pelvic bone. So that sense of lift and openness is very important. When we, uh, when we achieve that through this very simple gesture, there's more space in the fluid element of our internal organs. So it's, it's, it's health-inducing to do practices such as this. Now, when we did this and then relax the tailbone, relax the sacral lumbar down, you get a very easy but natural opening along the whole length of the spine. When we did this gesture, we're getting the same thing, except we're, op- we're working the spine very gently in this, in this way. So let's do the opening gesture. When we do the opening gesture, this is a mudra of containment. It's just, you can experiment with, with this and find out for yourself whether that makes a difference. So if you just made a fist and drew back, that would show you something. If you contain the thumbs inside there, that's lifting and holding the energetic circuits in a different way. So, press, open, expand. See if you can take a moment just to feel the sense of lift and openness. This is a kind of a V-shape. Your hands and your palms are facing one another. That rotation opens the mid-back. Now relax the base of the body. If you are breathing easy and natural here, this should be sustainable. Bring your hands forward and fold fingers over thumbs, hands down to knees. And with an in-breath, you draw back the hands to the hip joints. Bring the chin in. Feel that softness in the back plane of the head, neck, and the head lifts. Breathe easy and natural. Feel that lengthening of the spine. It is subtle, yes. Now release your hands. And in that release, see what stays upright, what stays clear. See if you can rest in that sense of openness. Let's do the gesture one more time. Press up, extend upward, lift, chin in, soft back plane of neck, back part of the crown of the head lifts. Breathe easy and natural. Feel more space in the abdominal area. And hands forward, fingers over thumbs. Down to your knees, draw back, lengthen, lift, open, breathe easy, easy breath. Okay, release. Now, the invitation in our meditation here for just a few brief moments, few brief minutes together, is first of all, we connect with the feelings and the sensations of our body. So you might sense 
uh, as you sit and your eyes are lightly open or lightly closed, however that is, that you feel the boundaries of the skin, of the whole field of your body. Feeling inside that field of life, through the bones, the core of the marrow, the natural flow of energy and information through the sense gateways, through the sense of listening. Even with your eyes closed, you can be aware of the visual sense, color, shape, movement, image. Taste, smell, tactical sense, clear and open. As we do this kind of meditation, for these moments only, we let go of want or not want. We let go of like or dislike. Just present to what is arising, what is present here. Without trying to push it away, without trying to hold on to it. Settling into awareness of the subtle. So that might be the field of emotion that is present or a mood that is present. It can also be the domain of our thoughts, feelings, concerns. Invitation is to connect with this also with this quality of equanimity for these moments. For these moments. This is the flow of my life. This is the flow of what is present. continue our meditation with deepening into awareness of what is sometimes called the causal. So this for us is the heart's intention for well-being, also the connection with the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Includes the big picture of the earth and the whole field of humanity. Includes the the domain of our personal life. And now the invitation is to rest in pure awareness itself. So we have been aware of things. We have been aware of the domains of our consciousness in terms of the elements. The sensations, the thoughts, the feelings, the karma, the causes, the conditions. We hold this with this beautiful spirit of equanimity. 
as we recognize what is here holding all of this experience. What has always been here? Look right now.
Thank you. So the, the purpose of our practice in this way is to inform, to inspire, and in a sense transmit. The, the connection with the beautiful coherency that we just felt together in the stillness of our hearts, our spirits, our minds, our bodies coming together in this way with the intention of well-being. That creates transformation. That is creating transformation on a cellular level. Your telomeres absolutely love it. So... practicing like that it's nice to have the the kind of the cognitive context but also to rest in that space of pure awareness you don't have to necessarily come away with some great understanding or insight sometimes we do other times it's just been the opportunity to rest in that presence And those uh, those gradual develop that scra- this gradual development of um, of informing the cells of our body um, uh, in this ocean of love, this ocean of uh, coherency. Hopefully you feel that that is um, uh, vitalizing, that is energizing in a certain way. So when we, you, you know, you might hear stories like, uh, Qigong is going to give you energy. Meditation gives you energy. And well, the truth is, yes, it does. But the, uh, the, the part of that is that energy is not necessarily expressed in amplitude. Right? It's not about appropriating more. It's not about two cups of coffee. It is a, it's, a, it's about clarity. When your mind, body, spirit has that sense of coherency and connection and collection, and you're resting in deep, spacious awareness, that nurturance um, also opens to a sense of clarity through our bodies, through our minds, through our spirits, through our emotions. 
and has its impact in the relational sense. So what I'd like to do with us right now is uh, to do uh, another practice, to do another somatic practice um, that you can work with a little bit. It's fairly easy and is one that I've taught on retreats here over years and years. Um, It is called the rowing practice. So if if any of you have been on the long retreats with me, like the month-longs, sometimes I'll teach this on the 10 days too. The, the, The rowing practice is an ancient practice that allows for whole body movement, uh, natural kind of coordination and relaxation of the breath with whole body movement of smooth and fluid flow. Now the story I tell around this is that uh, on the March retreats, when I've done the March retreats, which I did 15 or 16 years uh, here, we do up top, that's also known as the rains retreats, right? It's because hopefully it's raining in March. And um, when it's raining, it's absolutely beautiful here. It's beautiful here today without the rain. But it is, it's very beautiful to be on retreat you know, with, with the rains because we can hear the frogs and the water and the rain on the roof. And, and uh, as you know, it's an integral part of our Vipassana practice to practice you know, the, the seated meditation and the walking meditation, right? So walking meditation uh, becomes a little challenging. Not everybody wants to get out in the rain. So I started early on to teach these rowing practices, which are whole body, whole being movement practices, so that if somebody wanted to do the essence of walking meditation which is essentially being mindfully present in motion through walking, you can use the rowing gestures as ways of connecting with this and maybe just stand under the eaves and enjoy the, the, the downpour of the rain but not get wet. So it's a nice way to practice outside to keep the whole body moving and some warmth as well. So we are going to stand now. So stretch out a little bit and come to standing. So our basic radiant heart qigong that we've practiced, the radiant body breathing, pulsing from the core, the uh, full spinal breathing, the integrating breath. I'll review all these with you, give you a resource to a free video if you are so inclined, um, and tell you other resources as well. The, the rowing practice works with an asymmetrical stance. So if we're If we stand like this about shoulder width and so on, that's a good symmetrical stance. But what we're going to do now is let the left foot come forward and the right foot's going to be back at at about a 45 degree angle. Not too deep, so it's not really too deep and it's not too shallow. You just want to find the Goldilocks point for your rowing practice. 
That is the ability to feel the center line through the middle part of the body and to be able to just move a little bit forward and a little bit back. So what we're doing is we're moving the center line. We're not leading with the head and coming back with the back part of the body. Just lean forward and lean back. Flow forward and flow back. I sometimes use this gesture just to kind of help to feel the center line. You needn't, but if you like to do that, that's fine. Just a little bit forward and a little bit back. Feel your legs. So you want to really... Um, the, the Qigong practice in the most amazing way will give you more balance and stability. But you want to feel your legs as you do these practices, flowing forward and flowing back. Right? So just get into that for a minute. Feel the flow movement and the flow back. So it is the hara that moves forward and then the hara that moves back. And that's all connected with the center line. It's a very simple movement. But rarely do we give our bodies the opportunity to move with ease, simplicity, and a repetitive action. So you feel through the legs, feel that connection forward and feel that connection back. And now we're going to lightly move into this action of rowing. So the body comes forward and relax the arms as they come forward. And then the body comes back and relax the arms as they come back. Lead with the back part of the wrists and the palms on the surface of the water here. Flow forward and back. And you can make whatever little adjustments in the depth of your practice or the width of your practice. But the arms stay soft and long and the breath even and smooth. Actually, in this case, as we begin the practice, you don't need to synchronize the breath with the motion. You can just get into it like this. Keep the arms relaxed, the shoulders empty, and fluid arms. Now, as far as your feet go, you want to keep the feet flat on the floor. So you're not peeling up the toes or the heels as you move forward or back. Qigong practices also contributes to what we call rooting, right? Stabilizing the gesture. Now just get into the simplicity of this action. If I said... Yeah, we're going to do this for the next 20 minutes. What would you soften up? What would you ease up? What would you relax to let this be easy and sustainable? Remember that nice, easy, natural breathing, deep breathing.
Good. Now, just draw that left foot back. Stabilize for a moment. Bring the right foot forward. The right foot is straight ahead, and the left foot's at 45. Before you engage the arms, just move the body forward back, forward and back a little bit to feel this movement. You want to be present and full in your legs. And then once you feel that you know, kind of that flow, then you can begin to engage the arms. Flow forward, smooth, even, natural. Especially when you are learning this, if you've not done this before, smalling up the action, make the, the physical movement a little bit smaller so that you can feel the whole body moving together. Excellent. Relax the breath. Feel the chi settling down, earth connection. Okay, and now we're going to draw the right foot back, bring the left foot forward. Once again, feeling the center line. This next practice helps to open the hips and exercise the sacral lumbar area. Does it in a very gentle way, and this practice is called polishing the stone. So this action looks like this, and then I'll guide us into it. You flow forward, turn to the right. Settle back as if there were a big stone out in front here, and I'm polishing it. So the action is like this. You press forward on the left leg. You turn to the right. Keep the hands connected to the center, then turn forward. Press forward. And now you do this action and just take the edges off. Keep the arms empty, smooth, and fluid. Relax the arms down so they're about at the belt level. The length of the arm stays open, relaxed. And interestingly, the hands stay kind of connected to the center. So you flow forward. Zero back. Nice and easy. Let that action open through the hips and the sacral lumbar area. Okay, we're going to change direction, and to change direction, it goes like this. Just bring both hands back to the right hip. Got that? And then press out. Draw back. Turn to the right and continue the ellipse in this direction. So keep the action small and smooth so you're not leaning your body over.
part of the skill in this practice that you develop is everything's moving together. Everything is moving smoothly. There's no place in the action that is faster or slower than another. Nice and easy, smooth. This time as the hands come forward, draw back both hands. We're going to step the right foot forward this time and the left foot will be at 45 degrees. You have that sense of rowing forward, right? So now hands down at the belt line, relax and open the length of the hands. So when I move forward, everything moves forward. When I turn to the side, I don't turn the body first or engage the arms. Everything stays together. It's fluid, yes, but coordinated. So you flow forward on the right, turn to the left, and make an ellipse. Just have the ellipse be smooth and small, connected. Soften up, no No hurry. Just be present in the movement, present in the breath, relaxing. Nice. This time we'll change direction by bringing both hands back to the left hip and then extending out in the opposite direction, drawing back on the right leg, turning to the left, and continue in this direction. You can see that this is a smooth, meditative action. You keep the arms and hands and wrists soft and open, moving from the base of the body, which is the hips downward through the bottoms of the feet. Everything moves together. There is no hurry. The awareness, the the essential mindfulness is just in the fluid motion. So good. Now this time, draw the hands back, draw that right foot back. We're going to do two more uh, very nice rowing practices. This one is called the prayer wheel. So the left foot is forward and the right foot is at that 45 degree angle. You take both your hands and you face the palms towards one another, maybe a foot apart. You'll have to feel where that dynamic is. Then we're going to point the fingers down so they line up with that left leg. So not too far inward. You press down as you row forward and row that prayer wheel back. Fingertips are up and... Just stay relaxed in the practice.
Feel the smoothness of it. Feel the ease through the body. If you notice tension in your body, like in your shoulders or your hips or your legs, see if you can just let it dissolve. Release. Flow downward. Whole body movement, whole body breath. Gateway into the practice of ease. Good. This time as you roll back, fingertips are pointing upright. Then push up and out. And we change the direction of the wheel in this way. So this particular practice develops a number of really useful skills in toning the nervous system, bringing coherency through the whole being, whole organism. time as you roll back and then settle that left foot in bring the right foot forward the left foot is at that 45 feel how this is a stable gesture where you can move a little bit forward a little bit back palms facing that lines up with the right leg press down row that big prayer wheel back Keep the feet really connected with the surface that you're standing on. Your way into that whole body movement, whole body ease of breath. It does not necessarily have to synchronize with the movement. If you go slow enough, it might. This time, roll back, fingertips are pointing upward. Then change direction by pushing up and out and change the direction of the prayer wheel in this way. If you notice that you're losing balance or it feels awkward, then small up the action. Make it smaller so that everything can move together in your body. Good. And we're going to complete here. As the hands come back, also draw that right leg back. Step forward with the left. We'll do one more of these rowing practices. This one is called opening space. And this is a wonderful practice for the back, for the length of the spine. 
And this is how we do it. So watch us do it uh, a time or two, and then I'll give uh, the, the guidance. So you spiral forward. Remember this action we do with a few of the gestures that we're working with? This action spiraling. When you do this gesture, the back plane of your body, if you can see on Betsy here, as she rounds, the shoulder blades smooth out on the back. So you get a nice roundness. She does that action, and then then the, the pulse back as she opens space, that opens that middle part of the body. Thanks, Betsy. So this initial gesture of moving forward is about rounding and smoothing out the back. Then we're opening space as we row back. Let the hands flow down, come up, and spiral forward. So just get that movement, and then we'll do it together as a flow. So it begins like this, where you spiral forward and feel that roundness of that plane of the back. Then, like you were opening a curtain of space, let the hands flow down. The palms come up and spiral with the arms and feel, yes, that's good. And then opening space. Let's come down. So this is one of those practices. If you are just learning it, underdo it, underdo the range of motion. Let the action be slow, smooth, continuous. Really good. Good. I'm going to show you the complementary action now. So the hands rest to the side. To do the backward action, you're going to start with the palms up here, just right where we've finished. You're going to turn the fingers in towards your body, then point them back, and you row. Then you row back a little bit. Bring the backs of the hands together in front. Turn the palms over. Draw the chi right through the middle part of the body. Point backwards, wrap forward, and continue. Excellent. Good. Right. You feel how that action moves through the arms if you keep them relaxed, pulses the length of the spine. Get that nice wrap forward. Let's do one more cycle. Wrap forward, draw back, draw back the left foot. Step forward the right. Feel the center line. Remember, it's the center line that's going to move forward. We begin with the palms kind of up here, and then spiraling forward, then open space. Let the hands come down, palms up, spiral. Continue.
very good skill to underdo the action, to small it up. Yes. And one more. So I bring the hands to the side. We begin with the palms up. Turn the fingertips inward towards the body. Then back behind you. Roll back. Backs of the hands. Draw the chi right through the middle of your body. Towards the back. That's it. Smooth and easy. Smooth and even. Dynamic relaxation. Good. This time, draw back, draw that right foot back. In breath, smoothing down the body with radiant body, breathing. Settle your hips, bend your knees, release that. In breath, straighten and lengthen. Good. Okay, rest in your standing meditation posture for just a moment. And in this gesture, what I invite you to do is let the curtains of your eyes be a little bit open. So soft eyes with peripheral vision open, relaxed. And even though your perception, proprioception is here through the sense gateways, also feel the boundaries of the skin. Feel the fullness of your human being, feeling the space uh, around the body settling here. Good. Now for just a few moments, we'll return to seated practice. We'll do that for just a few moments. We'll take a tea break and then come back.
okay, we've worked with some practices now. So um, coming to the place of our meditation where we sit in this sense of containment in whatever gesture you use with your hands or your body still has the, the presence of dignity, the presence of connection with the earth, connection of that deep and radical acceptance of how things are without resignation, without any kind of bypassing, just here, rest in that core of equanimity.
Thank you. Thank you. Well practiced. Sweet. Let's take uh, about 15 minutes for a tea and bio break and uh, we'll come back and find a way to complete our day. Thank you.
Thanks so much. This is it. That's exactly it. Thank you. Okay. So now, um, let's work a little bit to summarize. I mean, we've, we've had the opportunity. It's been so wonderful to be with you, really genuinely, have this time uh, together to, to, to practice in the way that we have. For me, this kind of practice is sanity. And um, it's not difficult. It gives the, the pathways into um, meditative awareness, um, can, you know, resting in that deep wisdom heart of contentless presence. Um, the development and the cultivation of both Qigong and Dharma practice and meditation, as you know, takes a little bit of time. But there are ways to kind of telescope it a bit. And if you do the integration aspect that we're, that we're working with, again, this is not about selling the Qigong, but it's just about recognizing, uh, at least from my shoes and from others, what really works, what really contributes to meditative practice, to uh, the insight that opens and flows out of that, to the uh, the development and generation, generative aspect of presencing the, um, the natural space of kindness in our relationships. This is so important. This is so healing and regenerative. So when the theme of our practice today is to kind of connect in with the core of this practice, uh, bringing together the streams of, of uh, meditation and somatic integration, or the Qigong, um, this is what we're connecting with. And remembering that the initial, the initial presence of these kind of practices in Dharma practice um, from especially from China, but a little bit I'm sure from India too because they were also doing yogic kind of practices working with the breath so you'll hear and as you do in the practice of of Vipassana that you know uh, it's about noticing the breath when the breath is short you notice the breath is short when the breath is long Etc., etc. So, this is good, but um, in terms of meditative presence and practicing with the breath. But I say that where that is good and wonderful and, and can be a wonderful part of your meditation practice, cultivating the breath in the ways that we have, working with radiant body breathing, full. Uh, internal awareness of the energy fields of the body, this also contributes um, directly to the sense of well-being, to the sense of lift, to the sense of openness, and potentially to insight in, um, into the domains of our human life. So that's why uh, the, the connection with meditation and Qigong 
I feel are um, uh, a good revolution for us, you know, a good uh, evolution for us. So it's important to, uh, in my view, then also to remember that the the practice of our qigong, and to a certain degree the practice of meditation, is not just about appropriating shapes or forms or learning the sequence of certain things. That can be useful, but it is the, uh, especially on the somatic side, on the side of the qigong, uh, as meditation, it is the integration of the principles that underlie the practice, that gives it the vitality, that gives it the, the depth, gives it the, the juice, right? So, just to you know, kind of briefly review that with you a little bit, we've touched upon it a couple of times today, and then I'll also in, invite... Um, anyone who wants to, to speak into that. One of the main pieces that we, that we talked about that, uh, that Daniel brought up earlier was the connection of attention and intention. So in the Qigong I say that relaxed intention guides the movement. So when we connect with that, we're connecting with uh, feeling in and not over-efforting in the practice. So the Qigong is not about all being soft and fluffy, right? There are ways in which the expression of Qigong as you, as you continue to develop with it uh, has, is strong, is full, and, um, and has you know, dimensions like that as well. But for us human beings, mostly learning this practice of relaxed intention can really positively impact health and well-being right from the get-go. So that's an uh, that's a, an important aspect of it. We're also learning in a certain way how to underdo the range of motion. So we have an orientation to the body that you know you have to stretch as far as you can and do this and you know, and. Uh, we're never, almost never, ever uh, encouraged to underdo. When was the last time you were encouraged to underdo? Um, From time to time, I get asked to work with corporations. Yes, corporations are people. (laughs) Or there are people in them at least. Uh, the uh, and uh, and the people there desperately need what we're doing here as well as anyone else. But you can imagine the first time I said underdo it to a group of corporate executives, how well that went over, right? Now we're not about underdoing. We have to, you know, achieve and produce and da da da. So I had to, to look at that particular principle with them and say, okay, underdoing is not underachieving. When you practice underdoing, you're, practice, you're practicing optimizing your effort towards the things that you are interested in, right? So you optimize that by... Uh, allowing for a sense of containment, a sense of longevity that happens 
out of well-being and not burning out. So burnout is like, it's a real thing. You know, just because you're 20 years old or 30 years old or 40, um, that, uh, that you can work for 10 or 12 hours a day doesn't mean that you can continue to do that or that that's even a, a, a thing to, uh, to do, right? You need to learn how to contain your energy so that you have longevity in your practice. And longevity is one of the things that, um, that is produced by this practice of the integration of our meditation and uh, Qigong. So when uh, uh, Liz Blackburn and uh, uh, Elsa Eppel wrote the book The Telomere Effect, are you familiar with that? Some of you have, may have read this. What are the telomeres? We all have them. So they're the non-chromosome caps on the DNA. And they're directly uh, connected with, I'm just going to do this really quickly, um, connected with with health and well-being and longevity. So... um, Liz and Elsa, they they uh, they were a part of a twenty-five year uh, study. One in in which uh, Barbara's husband also was intimately connected with testing meditators and so on over the years, uh, or in, in before and during uh, long meditation practices. So. Uh, they came to the conclusion that there are a couple of things that really contribute to the length of the telomeres, to the, to the, to the production of telomerase, which is the enzyme connected with that. So what do you suppose those two things were? Well, meditation and qigong, I think they, they may have said some, uh, like yoga too, but uh, which can potentially be, but even, even some forms of qigong would be contraindicated. There's a broad spectrum of, of integrative practices, all of which are called qigong. So you, want to, you probably will want to do some of those and will not want to do some other ones, Right? So that which brings you vitality, which, which helps to nurture that spirit and that, uh, that, that sense of aliveness in your body, that's what we're looking, we're looking with and looking for as we're, as we're practicing in this way. So uh, relaxed intention guides the movement. Underdoing range of motion allows that presence of awareness to be to be in the action itself, right? So you're not stretching as far as you can. Sometimes it's good to stretch. Yeah, I stretch. Yeah, but other times it's working with that principle of underdoing awareness, underdoing range of motion that gives you the reserve of awareness, the reserve of sometimes what we call mindfulness here. So, of course, it's about being present. The, the practice of being present is one of those essential dharmic practices through, through any tradition that um, encourages and 
allows this natural sense of containment and and um, connection with your attention. Connection with your attention and your ability then to lightly presence your attention where you want it to. This is a great human skill and one in which uh, in modern times, as you probably well know, I mean, how much ADD and ADHD do you think there was in the 50s or 60s? And how much is there now? Right? Amongst um, our youth, amongst our kids. Well, it's considerably more now. And so uh, the ability to sustain and relax your attention is a real asset in being able to to reason and think well because it's important for us to reason and think well. So sometimes you hear, you know, let you know in Dharma, you know, let go of thoughts. Have you ever tried to do that? So the 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 point is with the attention is lightly bringing your awareness slightly forward of the flow of information that is present in emotional states, in mental states, and so on. It's a skill that you can uh, that you can develop that help that contributes to well-being, contributes to your uh, sanity essentially, and your ability to think and reason. So the relaxation that we're talking about is the cultivation of what I call dynamic relaxation. It's not that limp, have a beer on the couch kind of relaxation. Not that there's anything wrong with that occasionally, you know. But it's not the kind of relaxation that we're cultivating here. When we sit the way that we did, and you beautifully did these practices today, I really want to honor that that I could feel in the room after we did these somatic practices, after we did our qigong and sat, how much easier it is. And you feel like that flow of presence and that continuity could just go on and on. That's why we work with the integration of the qigong with the, with the meditation. So this practice of dynamic relaxation, this principle of dynamic relaxation, is one in which we're really um, cultivating awareness and presence through the body, through the nervous system, into and through the brain. My good and dear friend, uh, Dan Siegel, who some of you know, um, says that the nervous system is the brain distributed through the body. When I first heard him say that, I said, wow, Dan, wow, that's pretty cool. But it's a nice way of thinking that this network of communication that we have through, our, through, through every piece of our being that communicates energy and information flow is all connected through, the whole, through our system. When we practice in the way that we've done with our Qigong, that is nourishing, releasing, energizing, strengthening, and toning brain and nervous system. Yes, it does happen incrementally. happens a little bit at a time. Part of the benefits you can feel right away, 
Part of it is accumulative. So if you find some sense of connection with these practices, if they resonate with you, then just stay with them a little bit. Persevere through the oscillation of the plateaus and the peaks that you will undoubtedly experience as you practice meditation and qigong. And then find out for yourself the accumulative benefit of practice. It's going to open up in each of us a little bit differently. We're we're different bodies, we're different psyches, we're different family systems. (laughs) You know? So, we also look for the directly connecting with feeling in our practice. So I, I guided us to feeling the quality of poise in the seated practice and in, in working with and expressing the gestures of Qigong. The sense of openness, spaciousness, and length in the gestures. These are important practice principles in our Qigong. One of the core uh, principles is learning how to listen in our own bodies. The, the skill of our meditative practice and of our Qigong practice is the development of an intuitional presence, is learning how to really trust yourself beyond delusion, learning how to listen into the body, listen to what it has to say. Listen to the amazing intelligence of the connection that we have. So when you, when you listen to the birds in the morning or something like that, if you're out sitting outside and listen to the birds, don't think that you don't know what they're, what they're communicating. The, the, the communication you can feel in your body they're not speaking in words, right? But they're speaking in energy. And you don't need to necessarily translate that energy communication into words. There's a, a deep appreciation, sometimes even gratitude, that opens up out of that uh, sense of listening. We, this is one of the great skills that opens up for us in our meditation, is you, you learn how to trust yourself. You learn how to connect with that resource of grounding and centering. And we've talked about the three centers and then settling in the hara. What an amazing skill that is. Very simple thing. But this reservoir of presence here allows uh, a greater sense of listening, of perception, of proprioception grounding, the balancing of the autonomic nervous system. If you need the activation of the parasympathetic, then that is taking place through the skills of these actions. Generally, for most of us, that's it. I have had some students, some people that I've worked with, who are overactive in the parasympathetic nature of their nervous systems. And they need more activation to balance because it's about the balance. 
the stress in our world is the resonance of um, uh, hormones and the activation of the chemicals in our own body and brain nervous system that stay with us, that allow you to not sleep at night, even when you feel basically relaxed. So that sense of, of uh, settling into and through the body by that sense of deep listening, it's a kind of appreciation and appreciation of this amazing human life and um, the quality of care that we give to it. So I just wanted to bring up those particular points. There are so many domains of this kind of practice that we can get into. Um, and uh, I wanna, I'll talk a little bit about that in terms of our resources. But I want to see if there are other comments or questions. We'll talk about that. We're going we're gonna to review briefly the, the, the practices of uh, integrating breath and that sense of grounding, centering, aligning. But you've taken on a lot. You've done really well today. I mean, I mean that sincerely. So if there are some questions that have come out of our practice, some observations that you'd like to make, um, you know, I'd love to hear those. Including, um, yeah, great, thank you. Just wait, the, the microphone is coming to you. Thank you. I just wanted to say that um, I've been practicing Qigong for four years since I had a scary heart incident and my cardiologist recommended it. Mm-hmm. And I found immediately, if I do it for the, the longer sessions especially, I get the same feeling that I do from acupuncture, except I can do it to myself. So it is, I realize that right away. And so I do Your Radiant Heart. I do Wild Goose Qigong down in Los Gatos. Um, And then I do videos. And it's just, it's absolutely changed my life. And my heart's great. Wonderful. Thank you for that. And the the point that you you brought up about the feeling uh, that happens with acupuncture, but that we're we're self-empowering, that's one of the great natures of doing these kinds of practices. They are, they are truly self-healing, and they're generative from within us. So we learn the skillful means. We practice with the integration of the principles, working with the elements of alignment. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Good. Yes. I had the experience, um, and thank you, um, of like having a lot of emotion come up from the movements. Is that unusual? Is that something, you know, it just felt like they were feelings that were stuck in my body. And I felt, you know, for me it was good, but I'm just wondering if I was doing it right or is this something that once I do more often that's going to stop or mm-hmm. curious yeah thank you that's a that's a great point of course there's a lot of stuff that we keep that's in our own bodies and minds that's right below the surface and it is the somatic action that allows this natural release 
So sometimes people will have an emotional uh, kind of release or response to this. It usually does not happen in a way that you can't handle, right? Because the the connection of your own body and your own um, you know emotional uh, body and mind are naturally connected. So doing this encourages a natural circulation. So we're not talking about circulation of the of the um, uh, the heart lung system, the pulmonary system, and the the circulatory system in terms of the blood, although that's intimately connected with the nervous system. So when you do this, it is not at all unusual to have a sense of release from time to time. Other people will experience something different, you know, might experience a generation of warmth, of a release. I've had very experienced people, you know, say, well, I've been practicing for years and all of a sudden I felt a little out of balance and a little lightheaded. Is that normal? I said, yeah, that's, it's not, not normal. It is, it's, uh, it's part of the flow and the development of deepening through the body. So we let go of those subtle energetic blocks, subtle emotional blocks, and just allow them some space, some air. So thank you for bringing that up. Appreciate it. Good. Excellent points. Yes, please. Um, I guess just also thank you so much for today. Um, wondering about taking this home and starting a practice. I don't have one. Um, and something that uh, I'm worried about is, you know, continuing it. So I know that similar to meditation, I have to kind of come to day longs and things like that. So anything that, I don't know if there's like a resource list somewhere. Yeah, great. Good. Thank you for that. Um, maybe I'll let Betsy talk a little bit about our about the resources um, for a few minutes because it's important to continue to get support in the in your practice. Just in the same way it's as it's important to connect with a meditation teacher and to share your experiences and so on. This is exactly the same. So uh, I want you to have the resources that you want and need for the continuity and evolution of your, of your practice, of your, of your awareness, in the integration in a way that, that supports this essential well-being, but also... Uh, contributes to the awakening and to the um, recognition of our connection and interconnection. So we have emotional well-being, we have that sense of maturity, we have the, the, the sense of how we contribute to the world. And if stuff comes up, then there's a certain kind of cleaning up that needs to happen, then that can be part of the flow of our practice. So it's all part of this integrative practice which I call Qigong Dharma. <laughs> so it is the, the, the flow and the confluence of both of these, of the somatic and, and meditative domains. So I want to make sure that you have whatever you want and need in relationship to that. So if I could let uh, Betsy speak for a few minutes, she'll do um, kind of the, the, the piece on this. Thanks, Betsy. Sure. <clears throat> We're not going to get feedback or anything, are we? Okay. Uh, you can right. move more yeah, towards it. the middle, maybe. 
Thank you for being here today. And um, thank you for your curiosity about wanting more information on the practice. Um, initially, I think I would point you to qigongdharma.com. It's Tisha's website. On that website, there is a, um, a section called resources. And in there, something called videos. And you click into that, and there is a 12-minute video. It's a practice flow. The tempo is, you know, as we practice today. Um, in fact, we heard from someone who says they use it every day. And even some of Tisha's um, more advanced, you know, years into Dharma practice and Qigong practice really appreciate these 12 minutes. So, um, so that's something that you can get tonight. Um, if you're local in Marin County, every Monday night from 6 to 7.15, there is a class at a local yoga studio called the Yoga Garden. It's over on Red Hill, kind of right at the hub there. And it's a 75-minute class. It's really beautiful. We sit. There's Q&A. And then, you know, a, a bit of, of a practice period where Tisha's just pulling out different forms. Um, once a month, if, if we hadn't been here today, we would have been at a private zendo in Corte Madera, where there's a monthly day long. It's generally 11 to 4. Sometimes in the winter we move it to 10 to 3. But um, it's a day not unlike this. We sit, we discuss, we take tea breaks, we practice. Um, it's an opportunity to get exposed to more forms um, and ask questions. Letizia also does uh, several retreats, you know, either through Spirit Rock or independently or through other Dharma communities. And those are always listed on the monthly newsletter that goes out. So what I would really recommend if you really want to stay connected is um, sign up for that newsletter. Of course, we don't share it. And it only really goes out once a month just to announce um, the current programming and things that are coming up couple things that I will mention. The retreats often fill, and certainly the monthly day-long, it's a much smaller facility, so if you would like to come, you must register, and there's a registration page there. Um, we have some, currently in a um, in-depth training that Tija has done, this is the sixth iteration of level one. One year we did a level two, but it's an um, eight-month Endeavor. We meet one weekend a month, and um, it's you know an opportunity to really go deeper into the fundamentals of the practice, the foundations really of the practice. And um, this was the flyer for this year, but I offer it. There's a few left if you want one because it's got the the website, the email address, and there's a phone number on here too. If you just you know really got to talk to somebody, we totally welcome that. Um, the last thing that I really want to say, though, is this. I know that, especially for people maybe who are brand new here, there is that a little feeling of overwhelm. Like, how am I ever going to remember? I feel so grounded, but, you know. Um, it, it, it takes time to get it into the body. And we do have this idea that, you know, when you are learning something new, that, you know, there's so much, it's a big mountain to climb. But really, what you learn today and I'm 10 years into my practice, and today was very valuable for me. It was um, that the foundations are such 
not fundamental. It's not somehow, as Tisha pointed out early, not, this is not simplistic. It's the um, simplicity gives way to depth. So what I would just like to offer is this. If you get home tonight and you remember or you think you do one thing that we practiced, just pull it out. Go into the breathing. And what's most important is to connect to the feeling of it in the body. That's where the practice itself is going to start um, being your teacher. And, you know, I, I promise every one of you in here has got something in that today. The quality of the stillness and the settling and the practice um, was absolutely present in here. So, uh, again, I thank you for being here. And um, I think, have I missed anything? I think that's it. It's very good, yeah. yeah. you have anything, Bodhi? Yes. Yeah, actually, we like to have the microphone because then people across the room can hear you as well. Thank you. Hello. Um, I was wondering if you talked a little bit about um, Qigong and anxiety. Yeah. Um, Earlier, I was talking about the autonomic nervous system and, and the activation that we have in our society, in our culture, and sometimes in family systems that is activating or overactivating of the sympathetic nervous system. That's the fight, flight, faint, and freeze mechanisms of our of our body-mind system. So the presence of anxiety, which is in some ways a a natural or sometimes a projected uh, idea that is present in your body, um, is very real. So that's not, um, it's not that it isn't. But so the the practice of our qigong works for that balancing in the central nervous system and in the autonomic nervous system. This is not make this is not about making you sleepy. <laughs> it's about actually learning how to resource in your own body and calm gradually, but little by little, you know, sometimes, so that the the presence of the projection that anxiety is often about has the opportunity, you have the opportunity to uh, connect with that on a biological level, on a neurological level. Now, having said that, please realize that that the practices that we are doing are a skill that requires some attention and some development. So um, I really definitely appreciate your question because it's so relevant to, uh, to modern times and especially to, to young people these days. Well, not just young people. You know, all of us. So, so the, um, the learning how to center and have that embodied resource of presence even for a little while, begins to gradually change the dynamics of the neurobiology and um, 
yeah, of the body chemistry and calms the mind, allows, gives you refuge and a sense of center. So I could only encourage you to continue to practice a little bit. Do a little bit of meditation practice. Work with the standing practice, five, ten minutes. Work with the Qigong breathing practices for just a few minutes and see what the impact of that is. So that when you settle down, don't try to do a half an hour right, of your meditation. When you complete your practice, sit and see if you can stay in that sense of settledness, alignment, earth connection, groundedness. of just a few minutes. When you do that, that has a, uh, a sense of, uh, of actually connecting with your nervous system, connecting with your chemistry that will give you the resource in working with the projection that is anxiety. How's that? Good. Thanks very much. Excellent, excellent question. Yes. My question is that I think it's sort of related to someone else's question earlier because I felt it's, it's so peaceful and you know energetic you know during this practice like at the yeah. moment but you know in our day-to-day life there's a lot of times when maybe someone else say something that really irritates me or like little things that in day-to-day life that could create frustration so in those moments what kind of tips do you have uh, yeah it's a great, it's actually a good question so remember that the, that the movement from, from reactivity to response is a, is a, big, is a big one. So it doesn't happen um, overnight. So getting, being able to transform our own uh, chemistry, our own nervous systems, our, our mind, as it were, takes a little bit of time and a little bit of practice. So that's why connecting with the, the benefits of the practice, even for, for brief moments, is so valuable. I'm not saying that you're going to come out of here and, like, and be in that angelic space all the time. Uh, oh, darn. But the, the, the point is, is that natural oscillation that I've talked about, so your, the flow of your experience changes. And um, so taking refuge from time to time in meditative practice, in somatic integrative practices like, we're do, like we've done here today, that begins to create an accumulative benefit in your, in your awareness, but also directly in your body, in the cells of your body, right, in the tissues. So um, I can only kind of encourage you and hope to inspire you from the point of view of your own experience. You felt like, oh, yeah. So sometimes it's calm, and sometimes you're in the midst of the flame. Then somebody's yelling at you, you know, all kinds of things. Then you turn on the news, like, oh, no. Things like that. So you, you, you learn the ability to gradually to, to, to have some kind of equanimity, as Barbara was talking about. But it's not a bypassing. That's not a spiritual bypass. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
you're you're not la 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 la. It's not really happening. So there's a there's a way of taking it in, grounding it that we that you learn gradually. Today we've we've connected with uh, hopefully with some direct feeling, some transmission of the feeling of the practices as they begin to integrate through us. Advanced students, uh, you know, know this, and and they continue to practice. We all continue to practice. I continue to practice every day. Why? Because it's so enriching. It it helps, and then out in the world, then you have a little greater stability, a little greater ability to ground. Good. Thank you. Oh, yes. Yeah, Bodhi. Sure. So I just want to add that I've been practicing for, Betsy and I met in Qigong, we've both been practicing for about 10 years. And I think one of the biggest takeaways cumulative over time from practicing kindness and underdoing and presence awareness and allowing relaxed intention to guide the movements essentially practicing with the principles practice that has been have been talked about today is learning how to calibrate the nervous system and really honor what at any given moment what is healthy for the nervous system and what isn't and just being able to pay attention and within and notice, you know, maybe it's not time to turn on the news, actually, or whatever it might be, but just to learn to pay attention to the equilibrium between the inner and the outer. And just really, it's really helpful to to honor that and learn that. And I just find that that's a natural outgrowth of this practice or an ingrowth of this practice mm. over time. And again, the, the continuity of practice, I think, is so important, even if it's five minutes, ten minutes a day. Again, if you're just starting out, just to really take it easy and just be gentle with the self. And over time, you'll find that it nurtures the body and develops strength and stamina and awareness. So, thank you. Beautifully said, Bodhi. So we're, we're coming to the completion of our day here. I want to do just a little bit more standing practice with you. Review the radiant body breathing practices that we did. We'll do the three practices. We'll do the, the smoothing down, the coming up the central channel, and the three centers breathing. Once... Um, I often, uh, in the 80s and 90s, I practiced with a teacher and would often do like month-long retreats with this teacher. And uh, one time, you know, we asked, um, if you had only one, if you could only do one Qigong, what if you were on a desert island (laughs) and you forgot everything else but one Qigong? Which one would that be? So without any hesitation, he said, uh, yeah, I do radiant body breathing. I do, I mean, I call it radiant body breathing. He called it pulling down the heavens. There's all kinds of different names for these practices, as you will find. 
Uh, so this sense of settling down. So yeah, really, everything in Qigong can be done in one movement. So I was kind of befuddled because I'd been training with him for 13 years at that point. I thought, Should I ask, what is that one movement? But what he was, uh, luckily I didn't, but the... Uh, but what, what what was being expressed was, yeah, um, what, that everything can, this whole connection of our heart, mind, spirit can happen in one form. So don't look to, you know, it's important to do a few different forms, and we've learned a few today. And if you download those videos or you practice with other videos or something, you can get some benefit from these practices. If you continue to work with me, which I invite you to do, um, I'll gradually um, you know, share with you a, a wonderful spectrum of practices that include spinal qigong, that include uh, different dimensions of breath and the practices that really uh, work with the joints and the lubrication of the joints and you know, all these other kinds of practices. Um, but but connecting with the practices that we're about to do right now and review, um, that is really core essence. And because I call them basics, or because I can, you know, as Betsy referenced them as foundational or fundamental practices, doesn't mean like, oh yeah, well, where's the good stuff? You know, oh, that's just the foundations, you know. Where the, why don't you teach us the advanced stuff? Well, really, everything is in these core practices. You can, you can get as, as deep and as juicy in just these foundational practices as working with the advanced practices of the Yijin Jing or the Badwan Jin or, the, or uh, Wild Goose and, uh, and other forms of, of Qigong that are available now. So what we're going to do is we're going to stand and do these practices. Then we're going to return. And then you probably wondered about these cards. So I've got a little, very simple exercise for us to do. We'll complete and we'll be uh, out of here in about 15 or 20 minutes max before Good. So, coming to the sense of alignment in our own bodies, in our own systems, happened through the practice that we began with, with a moving through the five fields. You can do that in 10, 15 seconds, just moving through the body, allowing the sense of openness, feel the whole system, and then come to rest in the alignment of the standing meditation posture. We've learned two forms of the standing meditation posture. In the traditions of each one, which I've also studied, there are about 200 forms of standing meditation. So, working with these two forms, the settling and the hara, uh, oh yeah, we worked with balancing in the heart as well. So, the wu qi, settling in the hara, balancing the heart, wonderful gestures of contemplative practice 
integration. So take a moment, feel the alignment of the head, the heart, the hara, the earth. And just relax into a moment where you presence from inside out to feel the hips. Don't hold tension in the hips. Release the weight of the body through your open legs. Unlock the knees. The bottom plane of the feet is open. They are open to earth. The space of the joints, spacious, easy, relaxed. The breath, soft, deep, natural, fine. And feel this quality of poise of alignment in your standing meditation practice. Now from here we're going to open into radiant body breathing, which is the hands flow out to the side with an in-breath, turn the palms up, and then with the exhalation smoothing down the field of the body. Bend your knees, release the breath, in-breath. Drawing that up from the earth. And Excellent. So as you presence awareness with this practice and the hands travel down the left and right channels of your body, it's smoothing the field. This time as the hands flow down, just presence awareness in the back plane of the body. The hands travel down the front. You're smoothing out the back. All the way to the ankles. This time... Same practice, except the inside of the body releases. is open, is fluid. The energy of the body open through the open channels of the legs through the bottom part of the feet and rest in your standing gesture. The head, the heart, the hara in alignment with the earth hands in front of the central plane and flowing up the center line of the body, relax your head like your crown is open and settling down. In-breath flows up, nourishing presence from the earth, settling out and downward, recycling, refreshing, renewing. Last. And rest in standing meditation posture, either with your hands at the hara or at the side. Presencing awareness through the three centers the head, the heart, the hara. With three centers, breathing happens like this hands down along that belt line, palms facing downward, and then in-breath expands with an openness, and then exhale, let that settle back. Once you have the feeling of this gesture, and moving through the legs, moving through the feet, 
subtle opening and closing. Lightly bring your attention inside the body. You can feel this radiant sun of expansion, health and well-being through the internal organs, through the internal space. Everything bright and clear. Good, and then from Hara, flowing up to the space of the heart. The jewel in the heart opens, expands, refreshes. Good, head, heart. The head now. Lightly open your eyes. Good. Hands in front with this time. Float it down. Nice and easy. Very good. Now we'll settle in the hara by bringing the hands up, flowing down as the hands align here, flowing down the central channel. So the column of presence settles down and rests in the hara. See if you can soften and release your face. Soften and let this presence of kindness just be here as you empty your face, empty the throat, empty the heart solar plexus and it rests down in your body. Keeping the hands together now, lightly draw the right hand out, leave the left hand in place, bring the Right hand to your heart. Sense the connection from the head through the heart to the hara to the earth. Good. Let the right hand come down and the left hand come up to the space of your heart. the nourishing presence of that inner connection. And completing like this. We have done and practiced the generative actions of health and well-being, not just for the physical body, but for the heart, mind, emotions. Just connect with your heart's intention for this quality of well-being for all of life.
Okay, very well practiced. Beautiful. Let's do just a very quick exercise with your cards. And that will complete us for today. If anybody needs that, they can... Okay, in, in a word or a phrase, just briefly, what are your resources in this life, in these times, for centering and grounding? Your own, in your own words, just maybe it might be one word, it might be a phrase or two. What are your resources Okay, once again, in, in a word or a few words or a phrase, what have, you, what have you learned today that you will continue to, to practice, to continue to investigate? Good, thank you for that. And then the last one is, again, in a word or a phrase or words, um, what's something that arose for you, you know, kind of a jewel of your, of your own awareness that you will take today, from today? It's a jewel of insight for you.
Okay, good. Thank you very much. So, as far as these cards go, you can keep them for your own reference, or you can uh, give them to me. <laughs> um, but definitely return the pins for Spirit Rock. So they appreciate that. Um, and I appreciate you, and I appreciate the opportunity that, that we've shared today to connect with essential elements of, of genuine well-being. Um, it is my intention and my, my hope that you have connected with something valuable for yourself today. And that you begin to see the value of us practicing together in these kinds of ways to bring about global well-being, not only through our own bodies, but first there, and then uh, then resonating that into the world, because the the world needs our love, the world needs our care, and that's why we are bodhisattvas. Uh, when we undertake these practices because we practice not just for ourselves. I hope to see you again on the path. Thank you so much for being here today. Safe travels. Now remember that when you leave, I, I'm, I'm uh, asked to say this, when you, relieve, when you leave out the gate, you can only turn right uh, onto the highway, and remember that stuff is coming pretty fast down the road because we're in meditative space, you know. You want to remember how to hit the accelerator, okay? All right, many blessings, a safe journey. Look forward to seeing you again. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.